There we go. And I'm hitting it now. Boom. All right. I believe we are live. What is going on, everybody? This is Randall Thor 19, the man with the million, back again with your weekly episode of the Xbox Two podcast with the one and only Jez Corden of Windows Central. What is going on, buddy? Oh, good man. God, it's been a it's been a busy week. Microsoft did not let up. <laughs> on um, I had a really big writing project to do this week, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna set everything aside and just focus entirely on this one project. And then Microsoft just kept dropping bombs, and it's like, oh, okay, I have to stop doing this and stop doing this. So, so yeah, it's been a very exhausting week, and I am very grateful that it's the weekend now. Rounding off nicely with my buddy Rand. He's yeah. doing a bit of podcasting. But hey, um, are you sure Microsoft just won't drop news on Saturday and Sunday and you're going to continue to have to write <laughs> up articles on Windows Central, though? Historically, they haven't really dropped news on the weekend. So I'm hoping that Microsoft will leave me alone for a couple of days and leave our news team alone for a couple of days. They've been playing a blinder as well. So uh, playing a blinder means they've been doing a good job, by the way, for those who aren't British. Um, <laughs> so uh, I t- you don't say that in America, right? Playing a blinder. No, I've never heard of that term ever before. Let's okay. let's see if anybody in chat has has heard this, like <laughs> Pong Soul or Gunstar or Deck or any of the uh, already like whole bunch of people. Like I think we're already over at the, you know like five hundred or whatever, just starting now. But. Um, Anybody know exactly what that phrase Jez is talking about? Because I've honestly have never heard of it before. So. And a blinder. Playing a blinder, mate. Uh, yeah. Playing, I, I a, don't bl- know playing a blinder? What does that even mean? I don't know. I think I think it means like you play so well that your mind blows or something. I don't I don't know what it means. But you say that you say that at sports events and stuff, like, oh man, that player played a blinder this get this match or whatever. See everybody, I, I don't everybody know. from I don't the know UK. What Everybody in the UK seems to know it, but I've never heard of it before in my entire life. This is this is oh, very. Right. We sh- you should start a podcast where you just talk about, f- you know, phrases that you uh, you know of from the British that we Americans uh, have no idea about. So you turn so you turned a blinder, okay? Yeah, and uh, now I'm just just getting ready to chill and you know podcasting with you, playing a bit of Overwatch and. Uh, Overwatch Hopefully. with that 120 frames, right? Yeah, 120 frames. Although um, I don't have 120 frames right now because my capture card's plugged in. That's an, that's another annoying thing. I need I need a pass through device that does 120 hertz, but I haven't found one yet. They all bottleneck at 60. But man, it's a first world problem and a half, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it was nice. It was nice to discover that my TV does 120 at 1440p though. I bet there's a lot of people out there who just don't know that their TV can do it. It's almost like maybe you should write an article for Windows Central about it. Yeah, probably, but not not you know, in like the next best couple of days, TVs eh? to get or something like that. You know, um, no, I think I think we have one of those most likely. Yeah. But. Shout out to uh, Hustle and Motivate uh, for becoming the newest member of the channel. Uh, thank you for all the support, buddy, and uh, enjoy your emotes as uh, well as we got our second member of the channel. Uh, Zenner White, thank you for joining as well. Enjoy the emotes. I appreciate all the support. But we got our first salty um, <laughs> super chat, Jez, from, and, right. and, and, and surprisingly, you can tell where this would go from the name of the person, uh, the PlayStation Lord, right? So you can imagine, <laughs> you can imagine the, uh, 
you know, the, the, the quality of the super chat. He says, Halo Starfield is in 2021. Haha, eggs on both your faces. What, what, <laughs> what a quality, quality super chat. Thank you for the money, though. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, me and Jez appreciate uh, it. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I think there. I think some of the PlayStation fans are a little bit. Uh, they're running with um, Jason Schreer's tweet from earlier today. What was that? Uh, you know, Gotham Knights got delayed, and someone responded to him with like, "At least Halo and Starfield are coming out this year." And Jason Schreer said, "I don't know about that." So now everyone, now everybody's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, Halo and Starfield aren't coming out this year." Like I, I mean, who knows? Huh? I, I don't know. I feel pretty confident Halo will come out at least. As for Starfield, eh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, Sin Vendetta says, shout out to Jez for beating Jeff Grubb at being the biggest stud. Jez leading the poll at 53%. You know oh, poll? nice. You're a poll <laughs> in a poll versus Jeff Grubb? Yeah, so, someone uh, put a poll up. Um, who's the biggest stud, Jez or Jeff? And uh, it's pr- pretty even split right now. It's a pretty even you're, match. You're lucky if it was just the biggest stud because if it, if it was who had the best hair, Jeff would win that by <laughs> like a landslide number of votes. Yeah, that is true. That is that, is, true. that is very that is very true. Um, so, how's your week been? Other than like constantly just writing up articles on the you know the Windows Central about everything that Microsoft is doing multiple times every single day this week, was your week pretty good though? Yeah, mostly. It's all good. I'm just uh, you know just looking forward to the weekend now. So you get to play <clears throat> some video games while we talk about video games, right? Yeah, yeah. How'd you feel about? being uh someone writing an article about you because of a smiley face did that make your uh, <laughs> has that ever happened before like i know i know people write articles about you a lot right like they, uh, there are people that listen to the show whenever time whenever you say something uh that sounds pretty interesting uh maybe you, you, you drop like a huge leak or something they always end up being articles that come out and says jez corden's xbox 2 podcast with no mention of me no mention of Rand. <laughs> and uh, Randall Chop Liver. Randall Chop Liver, indeed. Uh, I just I, I I find it hilarious, right? Because people think of like you and Jeff Grubb and you know a couple other people as like quote unquote insiders, right? So you can never like tweet something or say something in public because people might think it's a hint about something that's coming later. And I love the fact that somebody literally took the time to write a, you know, what, five paragraphs about your reply to the one and only Hasdor. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I thought that was hilarious. And we'll, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about the whole persona tweet <laughs> and what you meant about it. And then you even went, because I know this was you, like the Windows Central Gaming Twitter account. You posted a picture of Persona 4 and Persona 3 on the PS2 on top of the Series X and said, look... Here's a picture of Persona on Xbox. I knew that was you. Like I didn't even have to think twice. I was like, oh, could it have been Miles? Could it have been somebody else? No, it was Jez Corden. Just having a bit of fun, you know. <laughs> just, just feeling the rumors. Yeah. Uh, shout out yeah. to Mun Eight Forty for also becoming the newest member of the channel. Appreciate all the support, man. Enjoy the emotes, the filmic one. We got Halo Craig. We got uh, Randall Tomato. And uh, Jezzicato, we got a whole bunch of ones here. Uh, appreciate anybody that hits the join button or you know supports the show uh, with super chats or just being here is uh, more than enough though, uh, because we appreciate 
everybody who takes the time out of day to watch the podcast, whether it's for 15 minutes or whether it's for the entire thing. So thank you guys. Uh, Kristen Boric says, uh, do you guys think Rockstar would allow Microsoft to FPS boost Red Dead Redemption 2? I doubt it, but it would be a dream mm-hmm. come true. Love the show. Now, interesting, I'll answer that question because um, uh, our buddy, Cold Eastwood, right? I talk to Cold every single day. Uh, Jez, you're, you're a big fan of, uh, and friend of Colts too, right? Yeah, Colts a dude. Yeah, Col- Colt, okay. Colt, yeah, I never heard, Colts a dude. <laughs> Well, yes, he's he a, is. A okay, okay. Col- Colt is a top bloke. He's a top bloke. Okay, I get that. So, uh, a couple when the FPS boost was announced, he was able to interview Jason Ronald of Xbox's uh, hardware team. You know, the program manager, and he basically asked Jason, like, "Hey, do you have to get permission from developers, publishers, if you want an FPS boost?" And basically, Jason said, "Yeah, you know, some of these developers or publishers might have plans for their franchises in the future." Now, specifically how that pertains to Rockstar and Red Dead Redemption 2, I wouldn't be surprised if Rockstar maybe had a plan of potentially, you know, (laughs) selling you a remaster on next gen with red, with, you know, with 60 frames (laughs) instead of an FPS boost for free. Yeah, right? Take two reselling your game again? Mm-hmm. No. No yeah. way. They would never do that. They would never. They would never do that. They would never do that. I mean, that. they've only done it with, like, what? Grand Theft Auto Five. Like, <laughs> it's it's amazing they did it with Grand Theft Auto Five and the 360 and then sold it to you again on the Xbox One and then they're going to sell it to you again on the Xbox Series X and PS5. It's kind of crazy. I'm surprised they um, didn't do Skyrim yeah. <laughs> again. Next yeah. gen Skyrim. Next gen. They uh, probably, maybe they will. Uh, maybe they will. Uh, they've, done, they've done the F bo- FPS boost, haven't they? They did, Skyrim. but apparently the the PC ports of Evil Within and Near Automata are like new ports, uh, better yeah. than the Steam versions. I don't know if you've seen that. Like Evil Within yeah, on the that. PC has features that aren't in the console version or the PC version. Like it's a brand new port. Oh, yeah. Interesting. So maybe they'll do stuff like that. Humdrung. Dog says, Jezran, please tell me Halo is this year, please. Um, I mean, I believe it's this year. Uh, if it's not this year and it gets delayed to, to 2022, then <laughs> then people need to lose their jobs over at 343, honestly. like I, I know that's kind of a little bit mean, but something must have seriously gone wrong if you delay the game a year and then have to delay the game yet again, right? Uh, so I, I, I feel pretty confident that, uh, you know, at least Halo Infinite will be launching this year. I know Jez, you, do you, do you feel the same? I don't have any Halo sourcing, so, um, you know, I have no idea what the state of the game is right now, but you know, the, presumably the game was close to being finished last year. If their, if their whole plan was to launch it last year and then, you know, it didn't come out. And it had to be in a like close to finished state, I would have thought. But you know, crazier things have happened, and um, I think it's more important that the game ships in a state that is befitting of the franchise and expectations. So even if it does get delayed, you know, after Cyberpunk, I'm kind of inclined to think, well, maybe that's a good thing. You know, it's it's complicated because some big studios were impacted way harder than others with covid and stuff some studios just had to like really mix up their pipeline and they weren't like they weren't built for remote work and stuff like that so 
I think 343 might have been among the studios that perhaps weren't geared well enough to handle remote working. Could be wrong. It's just speculation. But, you know, either way, I think it's better that the game ships in a playable state. So we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, T. Tucker says, what Fallout should I play in Game Pass having never before? Um, What should you start with? Like, which ones are on Game Pass? I think it's just four in New Vegas, right? Is three on there? Uh, well, it's 76. <laughs> so oh, yeah, Fallout 76 is on there. Uh, um, I, I, mean, I personally... Well, you, you can say first if you want. Okay. I've never played New Vegas. And actually, I've never played four. I'm not the biggest Fallout fan. I'll, I'll say that right out of the gate. I'm much more of an Elder Scrolls fan. Like, I played all the Elder Scrolls. I am not... I mean, I, I beat Fallout 4. Like, I got all the achievements and did all the DLC, but I didn't play New Vegas... Um, I haven't played Fallout 4 yet. I'm thinking about actually. I own Fallout 4. I'm thinking about going back and playing it. So I'm not the best person to ask on this. Jez, do you have a look more? Of, or you can even ask the chat. You know, um, chat. Which which Fallout would you start with if you know you're someone in Game Pass who's never played a Fallout game? Which one would you recommend, Jez? Personally, like I I love New Vegas at the time, even though it was a buggy hellscape. But I really. I don't. I don't even feel like Skyrim and Fallout Four have aged that well. So like, I can't imagine like going all the way back to to Fallout Three and New Vegas, which you know were built on the Oblivion engine. Um, even though Fallout New Vegas does give you the most freedom in the three D franchises, anyway, you know, by uh, you know your decisions actually mattering, it's the most. It's the one that feels most like an RPG, other than the two original ones. So. If you can, if you're willing to adjust, and at least like it has been resolution boosted for the Xbox One X and stuff, you can go back and play Fallout Three in New Vegas. They have good stories and um, big maps, and their decisions are fun and interesting. But I think Fallout Four probably holds up more as a shooter. Like they completely redid the shooting system. The guns are fun to or use. And stuff like you could also say, "Hey, check out Outer Worlds." Yeah, Since that's kind of like Fallout ish. Yeah, Outer Worlds is it's good. It's good ish. Like I don't like, I don't. I don't think. I don't think Outer Worlds sort of reaches to Fallout's level yet. Well, I'm not the saying it reaches the Fallout. I'm just saying you know, yeah. it's at least more of a you know visually looks better. It got the FPS boost to 60, so it runs well. It's. I'm it's actually gonna I'm gonna play it. We're gonna talk about that in games played here in just a minute, but. Uh, Sin Vendetta says, haha, I need Jez to sing, I'm a dude, he's a dude, she's a dude, we're all dudes, hey. So you got a request to sing, Jez. I don't, I don't know that song. So he doesn't know that song, it. unfortunately. God. I apologize. Yeah. What is that? Is that from a movie? Uh, yeah. I believe so, yes. Uh, Cameron Mitchell says, keep it up, dude. Thank you. Uh, we definitely will keep it up. Videos, podcasts, all that stuff. We'll definitely, we'll definitely keep it up. Uh, Atheol S says, Great show as always. I have two questions. Do you think Game Pass will incentivize more microtransactions to turn a profit? And do you think there'll be higher tier of Game Pass that gives you all expansion packs like you play on PC? Um, so like, are you saying, uh, so the answer to the second question, a higher tier of Game Pass. So you're saying like a third tier? Because you already have one where you can subscribe individually to Game Pass console or PC, $10 each. You have the ultimate tier, which is 15 which gives you... Xbox Live Gold and console and uh, streaming and uh, what uh, PC. So you're saying there's a one above 
Ultimate for what, let's say $20, that would essentially give you any DLC for the games that come out in it. Um, I don't know. Usually if you kind of turn something Ultimate, it's like the... <laughs> I always kind of look at it like, okay, Ultimate is like the top tier. Like what is beyond Ultimate, right? Je- Jez, can, can you can you kind of... Because I think Ultimate's the highest <laughs> tier. I, I, I can't see there being three. Maybe they add like a family plan. Which would be more expensive like, or something, but like <clears throat> I can't imagine there being a tier above mm-hmm. ultimate. I think like um, I, I'm actually planning to write about this next week if uh, things go to plan. But I do think like there won't not a tier above, but I was thinking of a tier below, mm-hmm. like a Game Pass Go or something that's cheaper. Includes just Microsoft first party games, and he's also includes XCloud. Because I think like one of the one of the issues with getting Xbox Game Pass on PlayStation or Nintendo Switch is that you know you'll basically be stopping people from buying those games on those other storefronts. But I think maybe Nintendo would go for it, or PlayStation maybe would go for it if it was only the games that Microsoft was wasn't going to bring to the platform any other way. I mean, it's still a stretch. I don't. I still don't think PlayStation like would like the idea of people using an xbox service instead of playing a game from their store for example but i do think it's potentially one way microsoft can get around um issues with ios and also the google play store and also have a tier of tier just for xcloud because right now if you want xcloud you have to go all the way to ultimate which is a bit weird i don't think that is the i don't think that's the plan long term because if like if someone only has a tablet in like like you know they only have a tablet why would they want to pay for the pc game pass and the xbox uh, the console game pass at the same time so i do think there's there is room for more game pass tiers in the future but i'm going to explore that a bit yeah more I, next week. I think there's room for like a family plan which is essentially be more than ultimate right because you're paying for multiple um i i think well because i think the, the reason this comes up right is because okay when gears 5 came out or when gears hive busters came out which is on the screen right now looks amazing right uh that was offered within ultimate if you owned ultimate you just got it for free and and we speculated that hey this would be a good way to incentivize people to to increase their subscription from regular console game pass to ultimate because a lot of games will get expansions and stuff like that and the discussion reared its you know, had this this week because Doom Eternal's second final DLC came out. Granted, uh, m- you know, like Microsoft just owned them recently, and that DLC has always been planned for a while. But a lot of people were saying, "Why isn't the Ancient Gods Part One and Two included in Ultimate?" And I will say, it is there is like a um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, it's not like the consistency, I guess, is is what I'm going to talk about here. Because like, if you're someone who's like, okay, this Gears DLC is free on Ultimate, but I also have Ultimate, then you start to expect other DLCs to be available. Like, why isn't the Minecraft the Minecraft Dungeons DLC available in Ultimate? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's this like, so if it's kind of one of those things where it needs to be more consistent. Like, either you put all the DLC in the Ultimate tier, or you kind of put none of them. Because then it kind of gives people this false impression that perhaps 
that's how it's going to go. Or like people like check it out and be like, well, I have ultimate and I got the free DLC for this game here. Why don't I have the free DLC for this other Microsoft first party um, game? You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. But I think like, because this is still relatively a relatively new idea, um, the whole idea of um, a subscription service, I think they're still experimenting with uh, the business model. I I suppose like one argument could be made, like they want to see if, um, having access to Minecraft Dungeons serves as a sort of like a gateway drug to buying the DLC on top, you know. Um, and then obviously that's more money. Like if you're if you're really into Minecraft Dungeons, um, and like you wanna you wanna get more levels or whatever, which have like more unique loot or whatever, um, then you you know you might be more incentivized to buy on top of that. So like Minecraft Dungeons is the perfect like users use case i guess for testing those kind of models um <clears throat> and also um dlc is kind of like it's like an added benefit it's like a, it's almost like out of scope you could argue it's like um does the does game pass also pay for the dlc is that factored into the budgets when they're budgeting these games it's it's interesting to think about because i completely understand from a consumer's perspective um, and, you know, my own consumer perspective that it would be nicer to have consistency. I think, like, Flight Simulator is a good example, too, where there's, like, there's like one of the tiers in Flight Simulator is, like, $100 or something because of all the license licensing on the airports and the plane models and stuff like that. And I don't think that's included in Game Pass. But, like, no, the it's base, not. Yeah, it's not. The base well, tier is, though, right? Well, yeah, well, that goes to his, like, other question about, like, you know, Game Pass and if that will incentivize, you know, more games to have monetization and stuff. Um, I don't necessarily think so because, like, you're still just going to have... Regu- the games are still going to be sold outside of Game Pass and I don't I don't think that matters too much. The games are just going to... Whatever is best for the game. There's going to be games that don't have any monetization whatsoever. There's going to be games that do have monetization. So I don't think you'll see, like, a game that was like no plans on monetization suddenly in game pass now having monetization. Um, I, I think it really just depends on the type of title it is. Uh, got to give a shout out to another new member of the channel and a lot of them today. Really appreciate it. The general C thank you for supporting the channel. Enjoy all the emotes, brother. Um, thank you. You know, it's, it's amazing to see all the support that we get for the show. Jez, uh, everybody in, in, in chat here, uh, the community that we built, um, it's it's pretty awesome to see everybody uh, essentially play nice. There's always some people in here that, that you know, have an agenda and they're not, you know, <laughs> uh, they're a little trolly and, and we've learned to ignore them over over time. But it's most, most everybody who comes here is always pretty enthused about hearing me and you speak about Xbox, even though I don't understand why anybody would listen to either of us uh, about stuff. But anyways... Uh, thank you for all the support and for, sh- you know, uh, tuning into the show. Uh, RDX Son of Fett says, The how-to vid for EA and Game Pass PC, the Xbox release on YouTube, the lady said iOS and browser support is coming early this year. Yeah, Jez, when do you, if you had to take a guess, iOS and browser support for xCloud, when do you think that's coming by? May? June? Well, I, I don't think you're getting native iOS support just because of Apple's policies. So, you know, Apple doesn't want to... Apple wants people to buy games from Apple. They don't want Microsoft to take any attention away from their store. Um, so, you know, uh, that sort of screws that whole proposition up. 
for, in Apple's mind, they would like devs to port their console games to the Apple Store and sell them natively. So Apple doesn't want xCloud. No, uh, because that, but because xCloud is they, going to be on there though. So yeah, it's going to be on there from the web. Yes. So what Microsoft's going to do to get around it is they're going to they're going to say, well, you can play it through the Edge browser. Um, uh, you can play it through the Edge browser using you know that browser and also the like the website version. And um, I believe yeah, the plan is for that to come out by the summer. Um, you know. We've seen it get updated all the time. Recently, Microsoft fed an update to the Surface Duo folding phone, which uh, displays the touch controls on the bottom screen. So you can play it like a Nintendo DS, which looks really cool. Um, I can imagine a future where like improved haptics could make that feel even better. But it's a really cool step to see them experimenting with that stuff. So xCloud development is always ongoing. And, um, you know, we've seen the streams bumped up to 1080p now, which is nice because they were 720p restricted for a while. So uh, we just have to sort of wait for that. But um, I don't think you'll ever see it natively on iOS unless Apple and Microsoft can cut some sort of deal on the side. Um, Apple has been known to bend its store policies for some big apps like, uh, you know, your Googles and your Facebooks and stuff out there. So it ultimately becomes a point of, like, does xCloud become so much of a selling point that people leave iPhone for a better xCloud device, like an Android phone? Um, I think at that point they might, you know, they might... Here's a question for you, right? Because you you put out a tweet the other day, like, you basically had, like... uh said in your tweet something along the lines of like you know it's a little unwieldy to have you know play play games on the phone and that xbox should make dedicated handheld hardware do you think microsoft will ever do dedicated xbox handheld hardware it, it you know like three four or five years from now kind of an x cloud only handheld device for people that don't want to play on their phone it's interesting you know to, to think about like they have all the engineering all the software all the talent in house to be able to do that. Like there's literally, there's no reason why, um, you know, Microsoft couldn't do that. They have all the, all the tools they need. So it ultimately becomes, um, a case of, do they actually want to do it? Um, so for my money, I think there's an argument to do that. Uh, a pretty strong argument because, as as you say, playing playing games designed for large screens with awkward touch controls, where you put your you put your thumbs all over the screen, you can't see what you're doing. A lot of those games just aren't designed for small screens where you've got your thumb on the TV. Can you imagine like can you imagine playing a console game and covering up the screen with two huge thumbs and you can't see what you're doing? They're just not designed for that. So I think there's an argument to be made to improve the sort of ergonomic usability of xCloud with a dedicated device. However, they might instead seek to do it through the Surface Duo because one thing they are doing with the Surface Neo, which is an upcoming foldable tablet that runs a Windows 10X, is they have like a magnet on the bottom display which you can stick a keyboard to. I can sort of see a device in the future where instead of sticking a keyboard to the screen with the magnet, you stick like a gamepad to the screen. And, you know, or it has like improved haptic feedback where like, 
you can feel where the touch controls are a little bit more easily and stuff like that. But I do think the the future of xCloud has to has to include these extra devices like the Razer Kishi and stuff like that because you know it's annoying playing games that aren't designed for it on a phone. And I think Microsoft knows that, but I have no idea if they're working on something like that or even looking at it. I imagine they probably are looking at it because, um, you know, we saw, we've seen, they've literally got research patents about controllers that can clip onto screens like the Razer Kishi. So they're probably always thinking about this stuff, but yeah. I personally can see a device that's more dedicated to xCloud. It would definitely, it would definitely be interesting if they made a device. And um, I just got to give a shout out to more members joining the channel. Wow, this is... This is an uh, incredible Jace, Jasper Shap becoming a new member, as well as my man Punkadish, who says that uh, we're the best damn podcast around. Jez, thank thank uh, uh, both of you for you know joining the channel. Enjoy the emotes, uh, man. You guys put a smile on my face today with all the support. It's uh it's amazing. Um, Stick Figure says something interesting in the chat. He thinks the future of XCloud is on TV, like smart TVs and uh, the dedicated apps. Um, I I think he's. I would say the future of xCloud, it, mobile is obviously the big tipping point, but a lot of people own smart TVs, and it would be very, very uh, a, a good idea to put xCloud and Game Pass on smart TVs, you know? Uh, so I, yeah, I do, I do sort of happen, agree like... with him. I do agree with... I don't say it's the future of, of xCloud is on smart TVs, but it's definitely going to be an important piece of it. Once they bring the stack to HTML or the web or whatever... I suppose it'd be HTML5 or something. I don't know. Um, my game, my web development days are long behind me. But um, once they bring it to that sort of stack, they can pretty much put it on anything because, like, the web is compatible with basically everything, and it has to be because we have generally globally open web, except for a few countries. So you know, once they bring it to that, they can bring it to smart TVs and stuff like that. I mean, they'd have to partner with Samsung and LG to bring the Bluetooth stack for the controller to TVs, but they could also do that through a USB dongle, I guess, and, you know, have it controlled that way, maybe. I don't know. I mean, there's there's some non-trivial work involved to get that running. It's more than just the video feed because you, you have to consider the controllers. You have to consider the, the drivers for the controller to interact with the stream. So there is there is work to be done to make that work. But, um, you know, Microsoft's, that is Microsoft's plan is to hit xCloud on every device that exists. I mean, that I really genuinely believe there, like there are some tech journalists out there who just don't understand that Microsoft's plan is to bring this to every device. They would put this on switch. They would put this on PlayStation. If, if PlayStation and Nintendo would accept it, it will be there. Like it's, you have to think of it like office microsoft office is on everything you can get office on a chromebook you can get office on a iphone you can get office on android phone you can get office on your samsung smart fridge you know you can get office on everything on the web whatever you really have to think of game pass like the gaming version of microsoft office it's the it's the identical business model basically but on the on the same, on the, at the same Speed, it's also good for developers because they can, you know, bring their games to a broad audience, get a lot of money from Microsoft, and also upsell on DLC and stuff like that. So it's a win, 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 win for the industry so far. And there could be unforeseen consequences down the line. Um, you know, who knows? But uh, right now, it seems to be playing out pretty damn well. Yeah. Uh, let me get through the rest of these super chats. Appreciate all the support, guys. Uh, truly. 
Um, we got one here from Cinedex who says, Rockstar and Square Enix working on Xbox exclusives. You hear anything, Jazz Smiley Face? <laughs> Rockstar and who? Rockstar and Square Enix. I have no idea about that. I'm sorry. Yeah. I haven't says, heard anything. He says no. Uh, Chaos Mice says, Coalition did great with Gears. Excited seeing them helping 343 with Halo Infinite. And Jez, you think Microsoft is going to buy Square Enix or Sega? Here we go with acquisitions. Square Enix or I, Sega? And I have no idea about this. I have no, like... I, I haven't even heard real, real rumblings about this. I mean, the community talks about it a lot, but none of my sources have ever really talked about acquisitions in that vein. But at the same time, um, these, like, knowledge on acquisitions is at such a high level that getting info on them is almost impossible until after it's basically happened. Like, I literally found out about Bethesda in the middle of the night, the day it had happened. So, you know, because, you know, marketing had to be involved and... I guess like more people found out about it. Partners found out about it. Bloomberg knew about it. So then like you got outlets already know about it and the, just things just end up start leaking once more people know about it. Um, also documents get uploaded into places that maybe are less secure than Microsoft think they are, <laughs> stuff like that. So, um, you know, I, I have no idea. I haven't heard anything about acquisitions lately. So, um, it's another one of those. Wait and see. Damn, that wasn't clickbait enough or someone could write an article about it. Damn it. Uh, yeah. John G Sorry, says, man. the song from All That, Good Burger. Good Burger. Uh, have you all played the Outrider demo? If you did, what do you think? Um, I was just going to buy the game, so I wasn't going to play the demo. So I haven't played it. Did you play the Outrider demo, demo Jez? I tried, but the servers were so bad that I couldn't connect. And also, my brother... I was going to play it my brother, but like... You need a Square Enix account, which is a load of bullshit, by the way. Um, forcing you to make a Square Enix account for a for a game that is supposedly isn't a service, according to them. Um, so that was a load of bullshit, and the servers were down for that, so we couldn't connect and we couldn't make an account. So I ended up like sort of messing around the tutorial, and then the servers kicked me off, and I was like, screw this. Right. So I haven't touched it since then. Um, but I have downloaded the demo again because um, I want to give it another try, hopefully this weekend. But um, it looks interesting. Like, the re critical reception seems mixed on it. I kind of get the feeling that people are just so desperate for something to play, something new and fresh, that they're sort of giving this a pass, maybe. So it doesn't look that interesting. Well, we're definitely going to be talking about Outriders when we talk yeah. about Xbox's uh, Game Pass announcements this week. Uh, ben Kenobi 2020 says, All first-party DLC should be included at least in Game Pass Ultimate. I mean, I would like that. I think a lot of people would, and it would be a good way to incentivize people to make that extra jump from, you know, $10 console Game Pass to $15 Ultimate. It definitely yeah. would it definitely would help. Sin Vendetta says, Sorry, the We're All Dudes song was sung by Kel on the show All That on Nickelodeon back in the mid-90s. Definitely more of a show that was popular in the U.S. Oh, is that Keenan and Kel? Uh, I think so. Not, I'm not sure. I, I, I have heard the song, but I, 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 yeah, all that does sound vaguely familiar on, on Nickelodeon. So Keenan and Kel was popular in the UK. Like I, I'm aware of who Keenan and Kel are, but right, <clears throat> that, that particular show I don't know. Uh, Creative Vibe says, "Appreciate you guys best best Xbox podcast. Thank you. That is high praise considering how many amazing and awesome Xbox podcasts are out, are out there. We got RDX with Dealer and Colt Eastwood. You got." XCast with Snowbike Mike and uh, you know uh, Paris Lily 
You got the Iron Lords podcast with uh, Cognito and King David and Addict and Sovereign. You go, Mr. Boomstick puts on a bunch of shows, four shows a week. He's very good at what he does. And the myriad of other shows that I'm forgetting about, there are too many to mention. Like, there are a lot of podcasts in the community, and all of them offer something unique. So it's, you know, for someone to think that we're the best, I appreciate that. Uh, I don't think we're the best. I think we're just, you know, one in the cog of many. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it always I'm makes me and Jez, uh, you know, smile <laughs> to, to see people, you know, say that this is the one that they like the most. So we appreciate that. Uh, Xberg says, Randy purchased the CX. The decision was directly related to your tweet the day it arrived for you, my Series X, and I thank you. Beyond amazing. Awesome. I'm so happy for you to get the Series X or the CX. Honestly, uh, it's one of the best purchases I ever made. If you play a lot of games, you need to get the CX. I have a 65 inch. It was worth every single penny. Um, and one of the underrated features of that system, and I know Jez really wants this, is VRR, variable refresh rate. I know a lot of people always look at Digital Foundry you know, to see the frame rates of the new games. I never have to worry about any of that because VR, VRR clears it completely up. I never see screen tearing. I, I never see frame drops because VRR is just th- that technology that, you know, essentially stops it. So I got this big 65-inch TV that displays games in the best possible way. HDR looks phenomenal. VRR stops all the, you know, the screen tearing. And it's like, it's it's... It's a must-have if you guys, you know, want your games to look the best and perform the best. Um, I think there's a new model coming out every single year, so you know, I, but you know, th- there'll be sales on this. I know Jez wants a CX. He just he just can't fit it where he is right now. Yeah, like I do like my Samsung TV, considering how much I paid for it, which wasn't very much. I think it was like I don't know, seven hundred dollars ish. The CX is about thousand, right? Um, more than that but yeah all right well yeah i didn't pay that much for this tv because i wasn't sure how long i was going to be here i I was planning to i was i was planning to just visit home and go back to germany but then the lockdown endless lockdown happened so couldn't travel anymore um so i didn't want to spend too much on a tv so i ultimately just bought sort of cheapish one but i don't know i guess yeah. Um, Jonah Falcon says Persona 4 Golden was given a Game Pass tag on Mixer last June 2020 during the PC gaming show, which I was streaming, which I noted on Twitter. We'll definitely be talking about Persona later. Anand says, I love your name. Are you excited for the Wheel of Time TV show and possibly a game by one of the myriad of great RPG devs in the world? Yes. It seems like every single time we do a show or something, I always see people saying, like, you know, they recognize the name. Randall Thor obviously taken from the wheel of time my favorite book series i am beyond incredibly excited for the tv show that amazon is doing i'm still like i don't know like i hope hopefully the trailer comes out it's not horrible where you watch it and you're like oh my god this is gonna be bad people are gonna you know like they're like oh you named yourself after this dude and you know like and this is a horrible show you know what i mean like yes i am excited but i'm also like nervous that it's actually going to be good and i would love you know, for Obsidian or Bethesda or, you know, CD Projekt Red to make a Wheel of Time TV show or Wheel of Time game, rather. I think that would be great. RA89 says, hey, guys, do you have any info more on those Dolby Vision games we saw leak? Love the show. 
Yeah, Jazz, you see, like, I think Borderlands 3, like, uh, people were posting pictures of it actually running in Dolby Vision. Do you have any info on that? I have no information about what's going on with Dolby Vision. Um, I don't doubt that the pictures are real. I don't know why anyone... That'd be a weird thing to fake, wouldn't it? Um, So I don't doubt that they're real. Uh, I have no idea when it's coming. If it's coming, it might be a sort of skip-ahead ring thing. I'm only on the... um, not skip ahead the one below skip ahead what's that um, uh, alpha i'm on alpha as well uh, alpha ring so i'm not on the skip ahead ring so there's some features that i can't check out and also my tv doesn't have dolby vision i guess which, yeah i have like, dolby vision but I, I haven't loaded up borderlands yet so um yeah red cloud gamer says can't see all dlc included but maybe an animal one-time use uh token to redeem an ultimate version of microsoft game of your choice could work uh, Looney Boy says, rumor that Phil will grow Tango Games Studio rapidly if they can't acquire more Japanese devs pubs. Seems like he was eager to go there in person ASAP. Well, Phil's always talked about how he wanted to have a Japanese studio, and he's got Tango, and the legendary Shinji Mikami's there who created Resident Evil. And, you know, there's talk that he might leave, but then he wants to create, like, a last masterpiece. And if I'm Phil, I go over there and be like, listen... Make whatever game you want. Make it the best game you've ever made. Uh, don't worry about the money. Don't worry about the monetization. Just we just want you to make a game that you know that you want to make because it, it like it just sells itself. Like Sinji Mikami's last game. You know what I mean? Um, and that would you know convince maybe more Japanese developers that Xbox is really you know in it, and that maybe they have to take take uh you know xbox a little bit more seriously maybe you know opens up the doors some more japanese developers japanese studios more games coming to xbox you know etc cetera, etc cetera. uh cartoon a halo effect yeah halo effect uh cartoon nerd uh donated a dollar and didn't say anything but he also said uh later on in the super chat do we know what compulsion is doing and could we see that game this year could it be one of the games jason ronald said wasn't announced interesting question do i think we see compulsions game this year there's always a possibility we should see it in the game showcase, but maybe not. And I don't think it was the game Jason Ronald was talking about. I think the game Jason Ronald was talking about was Forza Horizon 5, Jez. Any info on Compulsion and when we'll see it? I have no idea about Compulsion's game. Like I've, I've heard mixed things. I heard ages ago that it was a puzzle game. Then I heard that it was a third-person game in some way. I don't really know anything about it, um, honestly, so... Uh, it's another one of them. Wait and see. <laughs> yeah. Wait and see. What do you think Jason Ronald was talking about when he said uh, the game he was most interested in was going to be, uh, you know, uh, coming not announced for this year? Do you think that's Forza Horizon Five? I don't know. I don't know because they've got a lot of projects being incubated right now, and I don't really know what games Jason likes. Thinking about it, he said one I of really his all, all-time favorite franchises that. was Forza Horizon. Uh. I should probably just listen to that podcast. You should. Me? Iron Lords is one of the best podcasts out there. Shout out to Cognito, David, Attic, Sovereign. Like, they recently had ACG on. Uh, Angry Centaur Gaming does reviews. I was on there as well, which was awesome. You know, they had Jason on. Uh, they're honestly one of the best podcasts out there. Like, they're one of the few podcasts I listen to every single week, honestly. So, um, yeah, I, we might see Compulsions game. We could see it announced at the Summer Game Showcase, but I think the Summer Game Showcase is more going to focus on titles releasing in 2022, and I'm not sure that game's coming out next year. So, 
Uh, Tony Art says, have a great show, you two. Always great to listen to you guys during my night shift. Uh, a lot of people listen to this at work or when they're driving around. And uh, it's cool that we can keep people, uh, you know, minds off of whatever menial task they're doing. Especially when they're working at night, because I know how that can be. Uh, Mumble Speed Talker says, first off, always enjoy listening to your guys' podcast while at work. Do you think there's a concern if Microsoft continues to buy too many studios? I mean, concern mm-hmm. in, in what manner? Concern about industry consolidation? Concern that you know uh, that they have too many to manage properly? I mean, I guess there is that. Like, if you buy too many studios, can you manage them all effectively, right? But that's one of the reasons why Bethesda is going to operate itself, but still answer to fill. Um, I don't think there. I, I mean, I don't think there'll be a whole bunch of concern. Um, cause I, it's not like Microsoft's going to buy literally everybody. Maybe they buy another publisher. Maybe they buy a couple smaller studios. I expect Sony to buy a couple studios, uh, you know, soon, not necessarily like soon as in like next week, but you know, by the end of the year, I, I don't think it's much, much of, the, of a concern. Do you, do you, do you see, uh, are you concerned jazz about all that? I mean, I can see, I can see like the, the idea that, you know, putting all your trust in, in a, a publicly traded corporation, you know, it's, it's a bit dodgy, you know, there's, there's only a finite amount of amazing devs out there at the end of the day. And there's, there's a huge demand for new games and there's a huge demand for like, you know, this industry that just seems, seems to be showing like invincible nonstop growth. Like, I don't think, I don't think the game industry has ever shrunk except for like the famous crash in the eighties or whatever. But you know, the industry just keeps growing and growing and growing and seems to be, like, finding new ways to print money every single year, you know. So, I think, like, there's, there is, like, a vague concern, maybe, if that, like, things become homogenized or something. Because I do, I do genuinely feel like sometimes Microsoft, like, they're a bit scared of doing edgier stuff, um, more experimental stuff sometimes. I feel like they're sort of at a corporate level have a cookie cutter thought process about things at times and um i i don't want to sound mean about it but it do, it genuinely does feel like that or i often i've said on this podcast before all of their games from halo to gears they're violent but they're all very safe i find them all to be very safe and they don't really sort of they don't really push any boundaries. They don't really do anything that Microsoft would potentially find uncomfortable. Maybe I don't know. Maybe that's a not not a fair comment to make or not. But it's just it's just sort of a gut feeling. So if Microsoft buys loads of studios and t- takes away their creativity because it wants to keep everything safe for their corporate image, then that that would be bad. But at the same time, I can't see Microsoft trying to limit people like Bethesda and stuff. Because you want them to print money doing what they do best and stuff like that. So, I don't know. It's kind of a roundabout way of saying, like, I do think there's potential issues with Microsoft buying too many studios. But only if they don't let the studios flex their creativity to the extent that they deserve to be able to do so. Yeah, 100%. I agree with that. Um, Chinook guy says, uh, Jess Corden versus Jeff Grubb in a death battle. Who wins? A death battle? A death battle. Who wins between well, you and Jeffrey Grubb? Well, Jeff will probably win because Americans have loads of guns, right? So I'd be screwed. <laughs> I'd say Jez wins just because I got to back my, my, my guy, you know? 
<laughs> I got I got to back my guy. So Jez wins. Mariana Pampa says, "Hey Jez, just wanted to say I really enjoyed the one-on-one interview you did with Ainsley on Season Gaming. Appreciate what oh, you yeah. both do. Have an awesome, awesome Friday, guys." So yeah, you did a uh, uh, Ainsley Bowden who runs Season Gaming did a industry perspective, and he, you were a guest, right? Yeah, he uh, he invited me on to do sort of talk about the industry, and he, uh, he interviews you know people who work in the industry sometimes. And has a little chat. Very cool guy. Really awesome interviews. Far, far better than me. Um, Do you talk about me so... at all? Huh? Did you mention to, me? To Did him? you talk about me? Yeah. Uh, I can't remember, man. Jeez, not even mention. Do you mention it <laughs> the podcast or what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I talked about Tim Dog a bit. And said Tim Dog was cool. Yeah. Shout out to uh, shout out to Tim. I know he um he's out there uh, recuperating because he um. He tested positive for COVID. I don't know if you um, saw that yeah, news did, yesterday. So, Tim, if you're listening, love you, man. Uh, take it easy, get well, and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, every, you know, hopefully, you get like a like a really mild case where nothing really affects you. Uh, but man, I'm thinking about you. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, everything's uh, everything's well, buddy. All right. Yeah. A lot of people in, I know from New York have got it or had it recently. Yeah, I mean, I basically haven't gone anywhere this whole time. And when I do go somewhere, like when I drive around and I go to like maybe like a, a drive-through, I always wear the masks because I don't want to get like I don't want to get I don't want to get sick. I just always had this thought in my head: if I did get sick, it wouldn't go, it wouldn't end well for me. So I basically just order everything from Amazon, and uh, I don't really have to go anywhere. So it, it works out for me. Uh, Wolf Assassin says, "Hey guys, two questions: which old IP or cancel game from Xbox would you want to come back?" And which studio would Xbox definitely not acquire? Well, the Xbox not acquire one, I think we dodged a bullet because they were talking to Gearbox at one point. Uh, <laughs> and uh, obviously Embracer bought them. So that would be the one I wouldn't want to acquire, uh, you know, be- because of Randy no. Pitchford. Yeah, um, I, I like Gearbox, but I don't... Randy Pitchford the, probably would cause problems for Microsoft's, you know, corporate image. So yeah. we'll say... Um, but I, I, you know what I'm going to say is one studio that I always see rumored and I personally don't think they'd ever buy them. And it'd be funny if they ended up do buying them now that I say this, but I don't think they'd ever buy Konami. I don't, I don't see that. Oh, well, that always was, see- yeah. There was that stupid rumor. I don't know if you saw it this week that Microsoft was uh, going to acquire Sega and Konami. And I was just sitting there like, this is the dumbest thing because Konami offers literally nothing. They have no studios. They're basically out of gaming. Sure, they have Silent Hill and Metal Gear, but they don't have anybody to make it. And they don't have any of the creative uh, people that made it what it was, like Kojima, right? So, like, what are you buying? You're just buying the IP, but who are you going to have make it? And Xbox wants to do li- a little, like, second-party deals where they don't contr- they don't own the studios this generation because it really hurt them. So, like, I get Sega makes sense. PC presence, Japanese presence... You know, a big name, but Konami makes literally zero sense. You also get one one of the criticisms from the community is that Microsoft has no sort of nostalgic family games like you know your Mario or your Zelda or whatever. Having Sonic and making a good Sonic game would solve that overnight. So uh, I can see Sega. I can definitely see Sega. I cannot see Konami. Like like when has Microsoft ever made a horror game, for example? And I know, like, Microsoft, they're not huge fans of horror games, you know, because 
they're they're kind they're kind of niche, you know, like uh, outside of your Resident Evils and stuff. And even Resident Evil doesn't sell as well as Monster Hunter these days. So, you know, it's it's it just doesn't make any sense. And like you say, Metal Gear needs Kojima to function. Yeah. I feel. So I don't think I don't think they'd ever. Well, which Konami. which old IP or canceled game from Xbox would you want to come back? I mean, a lot of people would say Scalebound. I'm not one of them. Um, person like I know I know a lot of people will say Banjo. I know everybody in chat. Like, l- let us know in chat what old IP or canceled game from Xbox would you like to see come back? I'm interested in seeing people's diverse reactions to this, and I just have a feeling. It'll either people will either say Scalebound or they'll say Banjo. And honestly, Banjo probably should come back. I know it's not a game I'm interested in, but it definitely has its fans around the world. I mean, Microsoft licensed out the character to appear in Smash. Um, so I'm gonna give I'm gonna give my pick. Which one would I like to see uh, see come back? And it, it is Viva Pinata. I actually really like Viva Pinata. What? I actually do. I played both Viva what? Pinata games. I actually really like Viva Pinata. I thought it was cool. I, I played that is it. The la- that is the last game I would Well, okay, okay. You know what? You know what? All right. Let me change it. I like Viva Pinata. I would like to see it come back. I will change my response because that's a little bit out there. Uh, because I want Killer Instinct to come back. I want I like them Viva to find Pinata, a developer. I didn't think you like those kind of games. Well, Viva Pinata was interesting. I don't know. I also played the second one in co op, which was a lot of fun. But. Uh, Killer Instinct needs a sequel, hundred percent. And I think it's a shame we 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 haven't got one. Uh, so my vote would be for Killer Instinct. But hey, if you want, you know, Rise, Son of Rome, Ninja Gaiden, a new Phantom Dust, right? Like, let let us know in the chat. I, and we um, see so many people with like all their different uh, choices here. What do you what, what would you want, Jez? I mean, I would have said Killer Instinct too, but you said that. But I, I always thought Phantom Dust had a ton of potential, like as a as a sort of, you know, they need JRPGs, so you've got that aspect. It's also like got the card mechanics, so you kind of have your sort of grinding aspect, which is what Microsoft likes. You could add a service component. Like for me, Phantom Dust had like a load of potential that sort of fit Microsoft's modus operandi, shall we say. And I always thought that was like, that was a really exciting possibility for like a cool project. Um, but it'll also need the right developer. I honestly think Remedy could do it, give a give a good crack at that. Mm. Um, I see, after we, playing after we, playing control and seeing we, controls. There's a whole bunch of responses in here. We got FC Violent. We got FC Violent. Shout out to you, brother. He says Lost Odyssey two. Yeah, a lot oh, of yeah. people would That's love a cool. sequel to that. Uh, cool dude with bread says Brutal Legend. Now that they own Double Fine, you know, could have a new yes. Brutal Legend game. Yeah, um, obviously a bunch game. of people say Scalebound. Uh, Thanaros says Recore, a sequel to Recore, which could be really cool. Grudge Evo says Blue Dragon, another one of the RPGs from the 360. Naru Hin says Rise Two, um, which I would love a Rise Two as well. Uh, Rob says Conquer. Uh, I'm sure Cloberl would love a Conquer to come back. Uh, Zach Yearwood says Brute Force. Uh, pretty sure Phil hates Brute Force. I don't think we'll ever see a Brute Force or a Blinks ever again. Pretty sure he also hates Blinks. No, uh, Phil loves Blinks, man. No, no, Phil hates Blinks. No, he loves it, man. He told me. Go and tweet Phil about Blinks. No, I'm not. because No, because <laughs> Phil hates Blinks. So I, I'm not, not going to mention Blinks and Phil 
uh, ever again. Uh, yeah. Um, so Killer Instinct, Phantom Dust. So what what was your choice, Jess? Did you get around to saying it before? It was Phantom off? Dust. Phantom Dust. Yeah, Phantom Dust and one. Killer Instinct. Mech Assault, um, perhaps? Yeah, Mech Assault. But Mech Assault's out of my head because I know there's licensing issues with that. They don't fully own it. Like, they do, but they also don't fully own that IP. Mm-hmm. So even though, like, Mech Assault's, like, the perfect franchise, like, I'd love to see the Coalition take on Mech Assault so much. I think, Me- I think Mech Assault would be perfect for the Coalition to build a game around. But they don't fully own it. That's the problem, so... You're probably never going to see that. Yeah, we even got a bunch of Super Chats. Uh, Trey Duke says, Jet Set Radio Future. John G says, Scalebound Man Dragons. Are you kidding me? Uh, Trey Dukes also says, Kung Fu Chaos. Robert says, Rise Made by Coalition would be epic. John Z says, Fusion Frenzy. Uh, I Face Crook says, Imagine a Mech Assault with Id Tech. Oh, man. A oh. Mech Assault with Id Tech? <laughs> That's, uh, that definitely would be... Uh, I, yeah, that would be... I, you know, we need a mech game. We, we definitely need it. We need a mech game. Yeah. I, um, I, I, was th- I was looking at Bethesda's... Uh, you know, library because Bethesda has its own launcher, like a lot of publishers do. And through that launcher, you can buy pretty much every game that's ever Bethesda has the rights to publish. So that even includes things like Hexen, which I completely forgot was an id game. Um, Activision own it, so Microsoft doesn't own Hexen. They only own the rights to sell, as far as I'm aware, the PC version on Win32. So, um, but there's also there's also like loads of classic games like. Commander Keen. I don't know if you're aware of that. Um, I saw someone tweeting about Commander Keen the other day, and also I've got a friend who's re- really loves Project Gotham Racing. Would, would mm, like to see that PGR? Back- I, I love PGR. I would love what for that, that to come back. I mean, but that's basically that. Forza Horizon at this point, though. So oh, okay. yeah, I mean, a lot of the team who, a lot of the team who, you know, when Bizarre got shut down by Activision, they went and they formed Playground Games. Uh-huh, so, right. and then they're not going to have three racing franchises. That doesn't make a lot of sense. But man, a lot of a lot of good uh, a lot of good uh, you know opinions and uh, choices here. So that was that was an interesting topic. That was that was fun. Getting to see what everybody everybody wants. Uh, Chief Mint says, um, "Hey, cheers to playing Star Starfield on a Duo Two in late 2021." Uh, Timothy oh, Weekly says, "Any word on Seagate releasing two two to three terabyte external storage for Series X or S? Not yet." Although they pretty much have said that other manufacturers will be making um, expanded storage for the Series X and S at some point, whenever the contract, whenever the exclusive contract runs out with with Seagate, at some point, um, I am getting pretty. I have the expansion card, and uh, it's getting pretty full. Same with the internal. Uh, that storage is definitely going to be a bitch this gen. Uh, Silver so, Silver says Fable about Hellblade Two gameplay at summer event. RA89 says PlayStation making a good push with their cracking compression. What's up with the BC pack compression? The difference in game size is showing. Yeah, I've seen that. Uh, I think like control on PS5 and versus Series X was smaller on the PS5. And I think so- I saw it mentioned that even Avengers, the next gen versions, are uh, there's a significant size difference between the two. Have you heard anything about this, Jez? I don't really know much about it, but I'm guessing that like the faster storage speed on the Sony's SSD will contribute to faster de- decompression like uh so i suppose for microsoft it's kind of like a balancing act of speed and loading and stuff like that like if you if you end up like having an ssd but you end up the load speeds are the same because like you're having to do so much decompression then it kind of 
I don't know, beat, defeats the defeats the point, doesn't it? Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it's something they could look at and give people the ability to do tweaks on. You know, maybe maybe I don't. Know. I mean, this could this could actually be extremely complicated. And I'm sure it is. Like I can imagine scenarios where like they let people control over how much compression a game has when it's on your hard drive and let you and and then have a warning saying well if you compress it this much it's going to take this much extra load speed or whatever that's something that could probably explore um but i don't know uh mercy bucket says i hope microsoft executives phil are watching this podcast and reading the ideas for old ips or canceled games that need to come back well, we do know that Phil watches podcasts, and I know he's watched this my show and my videos before because I've talked to him about it. And he did say during the Bethesda Roundtable that he watched the podcast because he hears the question about the exclusivity on those games. You know there are still some people, Jez, to this day that uh, feel um, that Phil wasn't uh, – that Phil was still vague, that uh, that Xbox fans are running with this narrative, that Phil didn't really say they were exclusive. Did you see that Dual Shockers video? That was utterly oh, ratioed that was, uh, so bad. to hell. That video was terrible. Dude, that guy, I, like, I, Dealer made a video about it yesterday, and he just destroyed the, the, the argument the guy was using. But it's funny because he talked about Phil's quote, right? And he played it, like, the whole, like, oh, you know, we got complication, you know, contracts, and we got legal things, and we got legacy. And he completely left, our, left off the part where Phil goes, but I want you to know this is about exclusives completely left it off to make it seem like Phil didn't say that whatsoever so it would support his video idea. It was horrible. And you were saying Dual Shockers, they basically became a clickbait SEO farm because uh, they got they got purchased by another company, uh, all their writers left. So it's no yeah, surprise I was, they, I used they to, went um, that way, right? Yeah. I used to really like Dual Shockers. Like it was one of I hate reading. I think I've said that before. Like I don't read blogs. I don't read reviews. I hate reading other websites and also i i kind of feel like if i read other websites it might influence my own coverage or whatever in in a bad way maybe you've influenced it in a good way i don't know but anyway i I'm too lazy to read a lot of the time even disregarding that but jewel shockers was one website that i did like to read and there was there was some really good columns on there some really great writers who worked for jewel shockers and um but yeah they got purchased by some some weird ad company or something and then they were just like, well, now we're going to start flooding the site with, you know, SEO stuff, you know, which is just, it's its not a good way to run a website. Um, you have to have a balance and they'll, they'll find out, you know, they'll find out. Google will just see what they, Google will know. They'll see what they're trying to do and Google will punish them for it. So you can't, you can't get away with doing that stuff. You have to have a good balance of genuinely, you know, compelling content that's written by humans and and then like if you want to you know do some of that other stuff on the side and service they call it service journalism or whatever then sure but you, you gotta have a balance but dual suckers just went in the completely wrong direction clickbait and all this sort of stuff and you know hopefully they can sort of pull it back around and they <laughs> the company that bought them will sort of realize that that's not a good way to run a website but um i'm not surprised that they put out a video like that because it's just like exactly what you would do if you were trying to clickbait your way to success with the minimal amount of like integrity involved because integrity yeah. has an effort effort attached to it in some ways but you know it is what it is yeah it was a pretty it was a pretty bad video uh shane tomlin says hey guys 1.4 thousand watching hit the like guys don't hurt for the work they put in let's 
life them. Yeah, we got like uh, 1.5 thousand people watching, like a little bit under 500 likes. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure you hit the uh, like button, subscribe if it's your first time here, notification bell. You guys know the drill. We appreciate everybody who tuned in, Red, who are watching. Uh, Red Cloud Gamer says, if Microsoft really isn't planning VR yet, and we know PlayStation is, do you think Microsoft should work out a deal to get the Oculus Rift Quest compatible with the series? Uh, we'll actually talk about that because that's mm-hmm. actually a topic. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah. Uh, Trey Duke says, matter of fact, get Phil in here. I demand another Jet Set Radio. Uh, Space <laughs> Monkey says, if Microsoft buys Sega, they should call it the console Sega X. And Hunter Smith says, there's a thread on Reset Air about Phil's quote, uh, the day of the round table, and they are still debating it in the thread to this day. I think it's 75 pages now. Yes. Um, they are still talking about it and it's pretty hilarious. And reset era sometimes can be a joke. Like I love all the Xbox fans at reset era, even though one of them called, one of them actually called me toxic the other day. And I was like, me, what I'm toxic. <laughs> and he basically just was like, no, you're a fanboy and blah, 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 blah. It's like, I mean, I like Xbox. Everybody knows that I'm pretty upfront about, you know, how I, uh, my how I feel about Xbox, um, but I don't position. I don't do console war stuff. Like I don't talk about Xbox versus PlayStation in that manner. I like PlayStation a lot. They've released. I mean, God of War is my one of my favorite games of last gen, right? Uh, so I don't know. Like I don't like I don't like the console war stuff. Like even my tweet yesterday about smart delivery wasn't necessarily a console war. It was just like proving or at least. Sig- like acknowledging that smart delivery, which this is another topic we need to talk about as well. Like smart delivery is not like a PR speak. It actually has a useful feature, uh, useful properties uh, when you compare it to how Sony decided to do their stuff. But yeah, um, that, that thread going on there. I mean, there's a dude on at Reset Era who's like accepted as this huge insider, right? who knows everything that's going on about Microsoft and Nintendo and Xbox, but the dude is just a complete, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, He's just a fraud is the best way to put it. Like a complete fraud. And anybody listening to this know exactly who the guy I'm talking about. He doesn't know anything, has never known anything. It's just, uh, it's just funny that people uphold them as this like, oh, does he know something? And if it's a joke. People know who I'm talking about. I'm not going to mention his name. Um, about forum culture is that like there's a lot of over intellectualizationingness going on because people people just want an excuse to post, so they overthink things and like stuff that really doesn't need a lot of thought gets way more thought than it needs because they they want an excuse to post and up their post count. So you get people who like want to seem smart by making these like grand assumptions and and these hot takes. And the problem is if they're wrong. It doesn't matter because they're anonymous. No one remembers. Nobody cares. No one's keeping a track record because it's not their job. And, you know, it's they just slip into anonymity and it doesn't matter. There's like no downside. If I make a prediction and it's, and it's wrong, even slightly, even if I say this is just a guess based on what, like my personal feelings, even if I say there's no information attached to this, I get so much people coming coming at me and saying like ah oh, you were wrong ha 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 you don't know anything like despite the fact that i leaked all the specs accurately i leaked the launch date the price accurately <laughs> i even leaked the march 26th event accurately 
you know, recently. Like, my track record is pretty damn solid when it comes to no, bro. You see, like recent era, let Klee get, recent era let this dude Klee run around before the run up to the next gen consoles, and they verified him. And his his verification was that, uh, you know, uh, I, I forget, I don't know what the verification was, but he had proof. That the PS5 had uh, was strong or like had more teraflops because that was obviously the big contention, right? Than the Series X, and they let him run around and just spin this narrative for months and months and months, and everybody was like, "Well, he's verified by the mods at Reset Era, and that means something, right?" Even though, like, we had both heard uh, the opposite that you know <laughs> that the Series X was indeed stronger that Lockhart was real because this dude also said Lockhart wasn't real. Like, you know, a lot of people at Resetter have egg, egg on their face. Like, GitHub wasn't real. All this stupid stuff that, that PlayStation had their own version of smart delivery. And what ended up happening when the real information came out? That dude ended up leaving. Like, it, like I, I, I read Resetter just because it's a good, you know, aggregate of, like, where the news is and stuff. But some of the people that they consider insiders aren't really it's just hilarious to see and people forget how it was where we're like before the reveal sony's reveal of their console it was all teraflops teraflops 13 teraflops versus xboxes whatever and then essentially when they lost on that it became ssd 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 and suddenly ssds were the most game-changing tech ever in video game console history it's just just it's just hilarious to see just hilarious. It's just, it's just There's like a reason why the in, a lot of industry people do not do not post and have do not want to go to that website whatsoever. You know what I mean? No, the, the wider industry considers it to be a very toxic place, frankly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, but like I say, not everyone there is like that. No, it's of course just sort not. of the vocal, the vocal minority. Yeah. Right. Uh, shout out to the best bot kids, smooth. Uh, bad few days on Xbox for me. Wireless headset bricked, and the latest Outer World expansion crashes Xbox after beating last boss for fails to save progress. Good news, I secured another Series X. Man, you've been going through the ringer on some of this stuff, like uh, NBA 2K21 basically crashing on you as soon as you start a game. That sucks to see that your headset was bricked right away and that the Outer Worlds was having problems. Hopefully the new Series X... Uh, you know, fixes that for you. Have you have you heard about this NBA 2K problem? Because that's the game I've been playing pretty much all week. 2K it works perfectly you, fine um, on my console, but for a lot of other people, it, it crashes a lot. I think we talked about it on this podcast before when you were talking about how like you you guys dealer and that were trying to play a game and it was crashing for some of you and not other people. That's really weird. It is. It is quite weird. Very weird. Um. Jeez, we got we got so many here to go through. Uh, Sin Vendetta says, "Rand, you're not we kidding." We haven't the topic yet. No, we haven't because there's just so many, like so many of these, and I, you know, I have to read them off because people are supporting the show with their hard-earned <laughs> money. Like I, I'd feel bad <laughs> if I didn't, but people seem to, you know, what can what can I do? It says uh, Sin says, "Rand, you're not kidding because my buddy, who's a big PlayStation gamer, is so convinced that Elder Scrolls Six is coming to PlayStation that we have to we have to slap a bet about it." Man, I cannot wait to win that bet. Yes. Uh, Alexander says, I want Xbox to buy Konami so we can get more Castlevania, Silent Hill, and Metal Gear games made this decade. It would be great if we got more of those as well. I love all three of those I franchises. Silent Hill. Uh, Drunken- Silent Hill is one of my favorite franchises of all time. And like, I was so, I was, I was mind blowingly excited for, uh, you know, PT and Silent Hills. 
then Konami had to go and ruin my life, didn't they? Yeah. Junkin Ninja says, yeah, Phil, if you're listening, Jet Ground Radio and Jet Set Radio Future need a sequel or released on Back and Pat, please. Uh, Tim Chimney says, I would like to spend money to get Rand to say UWU out loud. Ooh, ooh love to you both. <laughs> oh, no, I said it. And, uh, ooh, ooh. Ooh, ooh. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't even know what that means. Jez, Jez says it to me all the time in DMs. Uh, Trey Duke says, I'm not letting this Jet Set Radio thing die. Even if they have to use your platform and empty my bank account, please hear me, Lord Phil. <laughs> Jeez. Um, that's crazy. He definitely wants his Jet Set Radio game, huh? And uh, Chinook Guy says, UW, ooh, Rand Senpai, what indie games are you looking, guys looking forward to seeing next week? What have you done, Jez? What is going on here? <laughs> Rand Senpai, I love it. Um, I really want to see, right, you know, that's a good transition point because I think this is the last of them for now. So we can talk about the Xbox event uh, that they're putting on on March 26th. So if you guys are enjoying the show, hit the like button. We got a whole bunch of you here. Appreciate all the support. Indie games, Jez, right? Uh, so do your spiel. Say how you're right again because you said there was going to be an event. Uh, people from Xbox <laughs> said, what event? There's no event. And what do you know what? There is an event, right? Well, they, what, they, what they said was... There was no, there was not going to be an event where there's any upcoming major gaming news or whatever, or something along those lines. But I never wrote that in my um in my article. I said I said it was I was expecting smaller games, and um I kind of tied it to Paul Thoreau. Thoreau, I almost said he's not. I I, I still I'm not sure I pronounced his name. Um I said I tied it to Paul Thoreau's tweet where he said there was an event on the 23rd, and I thought maybe they'd moved it, um but. Some people think that that's a different event and there might actually be at some kind of developer show just for developers, um, maybe not even public on the 23rd. So that might be a different thing entirely. But yeah, there is an idea Xbox event on the 26th uh, that features over 100 games. Um, I suppose some of those will be in the montage and there are 25 new game trailers, I believe, if I'm remembering the article correctly. We're going to hear about games like uh, Twelve Minutes, presumably The Ascent, and some of the some of those big games that were announced last May at last May's showcase. I think Microsoft probably wanted to downplay expectations after you know some people reacted negatively to last year's show. Um, maybe it was a bit overhyped and a bit missold last time. I don't know, but uh, yeah, we're getting an idea Xbox event in partnership with Twitch Gaming. So not no YouTube. There's no YouTube, there's no Facebook gaming, it's just going to be on Twitch, which is a bit weird, but also not entirely unexpected, I guess. Right. Shout out to uh, Modern Vintage Gamer uh, with the uh, super chat. It says, lol, Reset Era. <laughs> People know all about Reset Era. Um, thanks for thanks for stopping by, buddy. Yeah, he, he's, got a, he's got a great channel, Jazz, by the way. You should check it out. He's over 500,000 subscribers, puts out incredible content, and he's one of the members on the Spawn Wave podcast as well, one of the other podcasts that I do check out every single week, only for you know me to actually say, control leak to MVG. <laughs> so, um, I was just going to say, that earlier I said we wouldn't see a Mechasaur game on uh, Xbox from Microsoft because they don't fully own it, but... They do own the publishing rights to make video games based on that IP, and it was just announced that MechWarrior 5 is coming to Xbox in May. So Really? <laughs> so we are getting a Mech game. So who's writing that, that, writing that story up right now? Anybody? Was it literally uh, just no. announced? 
I believe so. Hazardor Gaming tweeted it. Oh, it has. has so. Oh, okay. Interesting. I'm interested in seeing at this show, I answer the question, I want to see 12 minutes. I want to see release date for that. I think that game looks incredible. Can't wait to play it. The Ascent looks awesome. We know it's coming to Game Pass. We still don't have release date. That's the problem with Xbox right now is we don't know the release dates of anything. Like They talked about how they have 30 games coming exclusively this year to the platform, but we don't know dates for any of them. We don't even know dates for Psychonauts 2, right? When's that supposed to be coming out? So I, I want this year could be a big squeeze for the tech industry. Like the fact we got we got this semiconductor shortage going on now. Like Samsung just announced that their Exynos, like I don't even know how you pronounce that, but Samsung's like CP, CP uh, SOC they make for their phones in Europe. They were saying like they've run out of semiconductors for that, and uh, you know all the all the companies that switch to work from home, the demand for servers, the demand for gaming devices, and all that stuff. That's like hitting the industry across the board. And alongside that, we're also going to see this sort of like this wave of game delays, I think. So like when when people talk about um, Starfield and Halo maybe slipping to 2022, so with that in mind, you know, is that we had a lot of games shipped last year, but they, you know, the games that were sort of nearing the last year of their development were heavily disrupted last year. And still, like the, the pandemic's not over yet. Hopefully, it will be this year, but it's still not over. So, um, I think there's going to be disruption this year, and I suppose a lot of devs don't want to announce their launch dates because of that disruption. Uh, I think Stalker tweeted something out uh, 55 minutes <laughs> ago. Uh, they tweeted oh. out, "Hi, Stalkers. A quick update about uh, GCS's president at the ID at, at, at Xbox stream." Uh, March 23rd will mark the 14th anniversary of Stalker Shadow of Chernobyl. Celebrating the date last year, we released the first in-engine screenshot of Stalker 2. This time, we made a neat behind-the-scenes video with certain in-game materials demonstration. We prepared this for Microsoft Stream on March 26th, but the whole thing was revealed a little bit too early on Xbox Wire blog. We didn't plan to show more during the showcase, but we do have bigger and louder announcements in store for 2021. This mistake was corrected in several minutes, but it was enough for the news to spread all over the internet. The same can happen with this note, so we're attaching some artworks from Stalker 2. These ones would look wonderful in every post. We are sorry about the inaccuracy, but we're still more than eager to make your day a little bit happier on March 26th. So don't forget to hop on the stream. Yeah, see, that's the that's the problem with a lot of this stuff. When everything's remote, it feels like things can slip through the cracks more easily, easily like this. Um, maybe someone would have caught it if it wasn't all work from home, but... yeah. It is what it is. So there's going to be an update for the game, and but I, we'll, we'll see. Obviously, they're pretty much saying, like, don't expect much. But, yeah, I just want to get release dates for some of these games that are coming out. Um, I, I'm always down to, you know, see new trailers for great indie titles. Um, so, yeah, that's the that's the events that happening uh, this March 26th. So keep your expectations in check. Don't go into this thinking that you're going to see Halo or Starfield or Wolfenstein, or Fable, or Avowed. This Elden is strictly, Ring, man. Yeah, Elden Ring. It definitely, Elden Ring doesn't even exist. Uh, you know. Wait, you're telling me Elden Ring's not going to be at this show? I'm telling yeah. You know there's going to be people <laughs> out there that are like going to stream this Dude, I, thinking that it's like Xbox's main show and they're going to be disappointed or something, you know? It's going to happen. I had, I, had a, I had a bunch of tweets and DMs saying like, is Elden Ring going to be there? I suppose because From Software is independent or whatever. But <laughs> no, Elden Ring's not going to be there. Yeah, wouldn't it be funny if Elden Ring was there now? After Shout out to Mega Bad Seed. He says, uh, "How are you, fellas? We're doing good, Mega. We're doing good. Great Xbox week. 
ton of stuff to cover, and we're just getting into the topics now. This show might be three hours. Uh, people just it's gonna be a long one. You know, your generosity is always uh, humbling. Um, Jazz, we need to talk about Persona, okay? Because I feel like people really want to know about this. I actually put it in the title: Persona on Xbox? Question mark? Because <laughs> Hazardor Gaming had a had a little thing about, hey, hopefully Persona comes to Xbox. Blah 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 blah. You replied to it with a smiley face, confirming that Persona is coming to Xbox. So much so that websites wrote these in-depth articles about your single smiley face. And then, of course, our buddy from Xbox Era, Special Ed, uh, Nick, he's been teasing Persona coming to Xbox as well. So do you want to expand your thoughts on this? And remember, keep it clickbaity <laughs> so anybody listening to the show can write more articles on, on, on what you're going to say here. And don't forget to say Randall Thor 19 as well because I'm a part of this podcast too, damn it. Well, Randall Thor 19 okay. the YouTuber. Mm-hmm. Um, the YouTube insider game journalist. That's not true, millionaire. but okay. Just, just um, clickbait YouTubers is, is good for me. Millionaire YouTuber. I wish. Um, um, <laughs> I I just well, first of all, I was posting smiley face because um, Hazardo's May, you know. Mm-hmm. I think like he's a bro. It's, it's one of the say. he's a bro. He's a bro. So there's like this. First of all, there's like this. There's this weird context thing on Twitter where like sometimes I'll banter with someone and people will think that I'm arguing with them or something, but it's just like we're friends and we're bantering or something. So, um. This is really hard because I'm trying to say this in such a way that it doesn't like, um, you know, raise expectations or whatever. I don't have any hard evidence that Persona's coming to Game Pass, so I'll just say that right now. But I will say that I keep hearing on the grapevine uh, from connected places where rumors tend. I mean, it's not an exact science, right? Rumors bubble up like like a wellspring. And sort of materialize over time and one of the one of the rumors now amongst industry people who are in the know generally is that microsoft is working on getting persona into the platform somehow mm. um but the thing is it's sort of it's also not exactly news because no no um, it's not really no because a of course they are because they would like that to be on xbox game pass and b I believe there was an event where f- someone yelled at Phil persona and Phil said, I hear you, you know, or something to that degree. Um, so it, it's kind of known that they're working on it. Um, but also it just kind of makes sense. Like Yakuza did really well in game pass and Microsoft seeing like, you know, a sort of increase in support, maybe from some of those classic franchises, which historically avoided the platform. It almost just kind of makes sense at this point. And also, I believe one of the SMT games, Shin Megami Tensei, I don't know which one it was. One of them was just rated for the Windows Store. Nobody plays games on the Windows Store. Um, so, you know, unless they're in Game Pass. So um, that's sort of, if, if Atlas is looking to port like the SMT series, of which Persona is like, you know, shares a lineage or is part of effectively. Um, that sort of raises the prospects as well. It's basically at this point the smoke, right? And that what they say is there's no smoke without fire. But I have no hard evidence whatsoever. So if it doesn't happen, if don't you had me. hard, if you had hard evidence, like what would be hard evidence for you? Because I'm I'm curious. 
um, confirmation from a trusted source or a document leak or something like that. Usually a document leak because I don't think anyone from Microsoft has ever really leaked anything to me. Um, uh, but typically when things start spreading out across the industry, Microsoft might give embargoes to certain websites that are kind of, you know, maybe don't secure their information well enough. Uh, stuff like that. So things can leak like that, but I don't have any hard evidence. Like I had hard evidence that there was an event on the 26th. Mm. I had hard evidence of that. So I published it, you know, and I was like, yeah, I'm sure this is going to happen because I don't want to publish something and then disappoint everyone. So I have no hard evidence about persona coming to Xbox whatsoever. So I tweeted a smiley face kind of like, because I feel like it will happen, but I also don't know. That's what a smiley smiley face means. That's all it means. That's what I'm gonna say. So you're that. saying it's Have confirmed personas. Uh, <laughs> I I would not be surprised if Persona comes to Xbox. I don't know when, and I I'm not sure they'll start with Persona Five. I wouldn't be surprised if Persona Four Golden comes first. Uh, but I I do believe they'll get the Persona series on 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 the console. Like it'll come to Game Pass, essentially. I believe. I will. Be- I believe that too. And like I say, no evidence. Don't take it as confirmation. Please, dear God, do not take it as confirmation because I don't want to be responsible for disappointment. You but just I want just... another article written about you about this? No, don't write an article about this. Um, I mean, write an article about Rand because Rand said he believes. Why Why don't you get the article? Because I'm believe. a nobody. I'm a nobody. I- I'm just a random YouTuber who could be saying anything. You're the great and powerful Jess Corden from Windows Central. You know what right. I mean? There's a difference. Like, you've leaked. As you mentioned, like, you put a whole tweet out about how all these things you leaked and how they all turned out to be correct. Right? And I know people wa- listening to the show for a while have known, like, a lot of my predictions will end up coming true. Of course, I still get stuff wrong. So, I do fully believe that persona will make its way to the xbox platform via game pass at some point in time i just don't know when i don't i'm not privy to that sort of information you know what i mean <laughs> tony art says randy only has soft evidence um yeah soft evidence that's a good one yeah so yeah um yeah so there so there's that i know i know special ed is basically being like Hey, uh, this is happening. So he he's he's putting his neck out on the line, right? He's put he's put yeah, he's Ed, putting his out there. Ed tweeted um Ed tweeted a whole ass picture with with the logo on it. Yeah. So if that so doesn't I, show I, up, I don't I don't have the balls to do that. My evidence is not good enough to have the balls to do that. Um. So you know, if Ed's if Ed's evidence is good enough that he stick his neck out like that, then I think that's like maybe a good sign. I don't know. Time will tell, you know? <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, we got a funny uh, super chat here. It's from Tom Lag Jez. Quote, I don't have any knowledge about Persona coming to Game Pass, but, quote, the internet. Persona 100% confirmed coming to Game Pass. <laughs> <laughs> Sin Vendetta says, honestly, I just want to know what happened to last night. Yeah, that game was revealed in, like, 2017. I think there was, like, fun- someone pulled funding or something from that game. I'm not sure what happened. Um yeah. I think like um, some some happened really, in that game. game. Yeah, like the last night looks absolutely stunning. It's like pixel art game, a cyberpunk sort of thing. Looks uh, really cool. Z Black Rider but, says everyone wants money. All games will eventually be on Game Pass. I wouldn't say all games, but 
you know, Game Pass is a good way to get titles that wouldn't come to Xbox. Because Yakuza, Yakuza was never going to come to Xbox if it wasn't for Game Pass. Yeah. And you could probably even make the case for what we're going to talk about next, like Octopath Traveler, uh, Persona when it comes. Like, the, this is a way for Xbox to grease the wheels to get games that would never show up. Uh, Wolf yeah. Assassin says, hi again, sorry to interrupt, but another question. If Microsoft added Ubisoft Plus, would they raise the price of Game Pass due to the extensive lineup? Um, I don't think they'll add Ubisoft Plus. Like, I think when, when, when we've talked about that, Ubisoft Plus means, like, the games dig one into the service, <clears throat> right? Where I believe what's really going to happen is just, like, the Ubisoft games will hit the service, like, the backlog titles. Ubisoft not, like, Vault. Yeah, the Ubisoft Vault, essentially. <clears throat> yeah, what Jess said. Um... There was a good tweet recently. I can't remember who tweeted this, but someone tweeted that Jason Ronald, it'd be a good idea if we could have publisher collections on Xbox Game Pass, similarly to how like Disney Plus has like the Marvel section, the Star Wars section, and stuff like that. Um, and he and he and Jason Ronald agreed. Like he added some of the people who work on that team. So it could be just be like a publisher collection similar to EA Play, but I think it would have a brand. That some they call it like Ubisoft Vault or something like that. Because like EA Play has its own special brand, why, why wouldn't yeah. why wouldn't Ubisoft? So I think I don't think it's going to be Uplay Plus. It's going to be some kind of vault of older games, like Brand said. Yeah, uh, Viper XT says Persona will be on Xbox when Microsoft purchases <clears throat> Sega and Atlas. And Faisal 7 says smart delivery smart delivery puts PS5 to shame. We will definitely be talking about smart delivery. And Zenner White says Supercalifragilisticus. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. There we go. Um, you know, do you not like Mary Poppins? No, I've, I've seen Mary Poppins, obviously, when I was younger. Um, Jazz, we need to talk about Xbox's huge week. Because they were dropping announcements all the time about stuff. And yes, the big announcement, which I don't think a lot of people saw coming, was Outriders, a game that is launching on April 1st. A AAA game, $60.00. Uh, people can fly developed square enix published looter shooter it's coming to game pass on day one this is kind of the first of its kind um what did you think of that announcement and how much it propelled game pass into this and xbox into this sphere of pretty huge social media um uh like uh what's the word i'm looking for here views like uh, tracking like it, you heard nothing like that Monday when it was announced all anybody talked about was Xbox and Game Pass and how great it was you yeah I was, I was like I didn't see this happening but I do remember you saying last year that Microsoft needs to do something like this I remember you were saying last year Microsoft just dropped the big box and get Cyberpunk mm-hmm. in there kind of yep. glad they didn't now aren't you <laughs> I mean who knew that Cyberpunk was going to be the way it was. And by the way, Cyberpunk's still not on PlayStation. It's been gone for like, what, three months now, essentially? It got a big update today as well, Cyberpunk did. I need to go back and check it out, see if it polished anything up. But I digress. Uh, Outriders into Game Pass is like, it's almost like a watershed moment. Like, we're now getting big third-party games launching straight into the service. And, you know, it's not going to be the last one. It's, it's, it's another part of the grand experiment. Can Game Pass, like propel a game that maybe had mixed reactions and stuff like that but still has like this sort of um chance to grow into something maybe more compelling like i don't believe like they they categorically repeatedly say it's not a service game i don't believe that for a minute um 
I, I believe it's a service game. I believe it will get DLC. I believe it'll have an end game. I believe it'll expand. Like you don't make a game that's always online, requires a Square Enix account, unless it's a service game. I don't believe I just don't believe them. I think they don't want to call it a service game because they know if they call it a service game and it's not ready to be a service game, similarly to like Marvel Avengers and arguably the division the division and some of the some of these other games that sort of had bold promises but didn't deliver the kind of end game that it needs to be sustainable um they don't want to call it a service game but i i believe firmly that it is um but game pass could give it the the legs it needs to sort of get a fan base while they pivot maybe further in that direction to make it into a sort of servicey type game um it's a it's an interesting experiment and like a lot of people who are watching to stay with those i saw forbes put out a piece recently where they had a bunch of interviews with different devs talk like from uh, Codemasters and stuff like that talking about how uh how it had improved the um how it improved the uh, engagement for dirt and stuff like that and um you know it's a lot of devs were skeptical about it and what it would do for them do for the service do for their games too and uh so far it's like i say it's just been positive stuff you know there's always detractors who say like is it sustainable and you know is it is it bad for for devs and is it bad like how can microsoft afford this you know and there's a lot of there's a lot of weird questions about that because microsoft isn't the most transparent when it comes to xbox's financials but um they wouldn't do it if it wasn't sustainable right well i mean i don't know about i mean they've they've talked about that it is sustainable and all that stuff and i mean they're obviously an acquisition uh phase and gaming addict says just tell these people we don't got issues so uh, Gaming Attic wants, wants you to tell everybody that you and him don't got issues. Issues? Why? I don't know. Apparently people say... I got, I got loads of issues. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all have load of, loads of issues, but I don't, I don't think you have any issues with, with Attic, though. So. Oh, with Attic? Yeah. Nah, my only issue with Addict is that, like, he he's not very good at Pokemon. Oh, he's not very good at Pokemon. <laughs> you hate to hear it. You hate to hear it. But this Smash, Outriders thing, so bad this Outriders thing is interesting <laughs> because I've been saying for a while that the next thing they needed to do was get big third-party AAA games on the service. Like we have great indies that launch on there all the time. There's a bunch, you know, like they just added 20 Bethesda games. They're not 20; some of them are already on there, like 12. Right? They added FPS boost to some of that. That's all great. It just adds more value to the service, and it's obviously going to be much better and bigger when Starfield hits and Halo and Forza Horizon 5 and the Fable and Avowed and all those games from Microsoft and Bethesda start hitting end of the year in 2020, you know, 2022. But I've always thought to myself, man, what would it be like if Microsoft could have gotten like, uh, uh, you know, like a division two launching day one, like that, like game that is like so huge that everybody talks about. And it's like, you could get that game on game pass immediately. Right, I was like, felt that is the next step, because, you know, when when you think about what the casuals play or like people that aren't necessarily watching this podcast, you think about the big AAA titles, and I always felt like to take that next step to see if it was worth it, you 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 have to at least try it once. All right, so you have this Outriders game, which you know they put the demo out. Some people love it, some people don't like it. Uh, people, you know, Square Enix has invested probably a lot of money in it, especially after the quote-unquote failure of Avengers. They maybe don't want two back-to-back games as a service or whatever you want to call it, games like Faceplant. 
And, you know, Microsoft comes in and is like, hey, you know what? We want the game on the service. Want it, want it there day one. Here's some money. Square Enix is like, okay, we'll put it in there. Now it's going to have a user base, right? People are going to check it out. I've, t- I've seen a ton of people being like, all right, I'm going to play this game now. Because why not? It's in your subscription. You can play it for free. So just download it. Try it out. I mean, I don't know how long it's going to be in the service. It might be three months, maybe six, maybe only a month. But it's a good test case scenario for Microsoft to see how much a game like this that is going to be heavily marketed by Square and Xbox by Game Pass to see how many new subscribers does it bring in, how many people of their existing 18 million, which I would imagine is over 20 million now, how many of those are going to be engaging and downloading a game of that caliber and how long they play, right? And for Square Enix, it makes sense because they want this game to be a success, so you get a whole bunch of people. It's cross-play, so a lot of people to play with. And then maybe this could be that moment where other publishers look at Game Pass differently, right? That watershed moment where other publishers who have titles look at it and is like, maybe it's in our best interest to launch the game on Game Pass day one and then also sell it on Xbox, on PlayStation, on PC if the data for it is well, it is good. Like, you know, you can imagine Microsoft going and, and to like Warner Brothers and being like, hey, you know, this is what it did for Outriders. Um, yeah. We would like it. Can we have Back for Blood or something like that? Another co-op game. Or they go to Capcom and they say, Resident Evil 8, we'd love to have you. Obviously, probably not Resident Evil 8. Maybe they got some things with PlayStation. But you get what I'm trying to say, right? If it's that, yeah. if, if it really drives engagement and it's really good for the title, then other publishers might be being like, you know, we'll take the check from Microsoft. It's going to be good for us in the long run. We're still going to sell. And this could be that moment. And I'm pretty sure that this isn't going to be the only AAA game day one that Microsoft goes and gets. They will go and they'll yeah. try this again with with, with other games. Um, oh, Ran, um, we've got a leak a from leak? Uh, a breaking leak. What? Where? Now, this leak comes via the drunk cat, alcoholic host on, Ooh, uh, the drunk on cat. Twitter. Mm. Drunk cat, cool dude. Um, he tweets that uh, uh, this is from 4chan's video game board. So, obviously, 4chan leaks are all not is the best but he says that uh the same leaker was um accurate yesterday about shin megami tensei 3 being rated for the microsoft store he says persona 5 royale for switch steam and xbox game pass soon don't know when it's going to be announced and Hmm. uh yeah so there's there's more smoke more smoke and he's 4chan but you know. I mean, he says this guy was right about the the Shin Megami Tensei yesterday, so it leads credence to Persona. Yeah, yeah that's credence. So like the guy is like, yeah. You know, so like I said, I, I like you know I said in my video, you said you know you hear things, you know, not not hard evidence like a marketing plan or stuff like that, but you know the rumors are that yeah, Persona's coming uh, is essentially what I, I've been hearing. Like my point about Game Pass is like that. This could be that moment, right, where you get these bigger games on the service day one and gets more eyes on it, more people subscribe, and it helps out the publishers. It could be a win-win scenario for everybody, not a win-lose, not you know a win-win. And this could be that moment. Now, however, obviously the opposite could happen. Maybe it doesn't drive a lot of Game Pass subscribers, and the money Microsoft spent was too much, right? 
That could happen. Maybe it doesn't help outriders whatsoever. That could happen. And the data that you would be presented to other third parties isn't as good. So it's obviously, you know, both can happen. But there was an article today, I, I think I saw from Game Industry Biz, that talked about Game Pass and how it's not cannibalizing sales. And there's this kind of false narrative that that people spread, mainly in like PlayStation fans that don't like that don't like Xbox. That like nobody buys games on Xbox. Nobody buys games. The reason Game Pass exists is because nobody buys games, and that is just a load of bullshit. Um, people buy games, you know. <laughs> I mean, I like. I don't know how pe- people can even come to. I, I know it's th- like they're just obviously. Uh, that's just that's just like well, we buy games on our platform. Xbox don't buy games and stuff like that. It's like no, dude. Uh, games are <laughs> like there's like they sell a ton. So it's just one of those things, man. You know what it is. You know what I mean? Like it's it's always one narrative, mm. and like you push back on that narrative, the goalposts move, and it's some brand new one, and then the goalposts move again, and it'll be some brand new goalposts. It's it's utterly just exhausting to uh, fight against. But yeah, then they also they announced like the new games coming this week. Were you surprised that Octopath Traveler not only is coming to Xbox, but is going to be Game Pass Day One? That was a surprise. That was a huge surprise. I did not expect Octopath Traveler to be coming. Like it's it's the kind of game that like Microsoft just a Square Enix barely make them anymore. Like the the classic turn based JRPGs. And second, it's the kind of game that historically Xbox doesn't get. You know, so that was really cool to see. And it kind of says to me that either Microsoft is addressing feedback by spending the money they need to. Or like you say, they're trying to gather evidence to show that, yeah, if you put in Game Pass, you know, we can prove that people will play play these games, you know, um, that maybe historically haven't sold very well on the platform. And that also they do drive sales. Because I think there was like, there was an interview before where they were saying that they, they have evidence and analysis that suggests that the fact that Sea of Thieves is in Game Pass helped drive sales because it improved access for content creators who then pushed it via their streaming platforms via you know word of mouth and virality and um you know the 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 whole social media in general is sort of impacting the way we we hear about you know tv shows and movies and stuff like my timeline has just been nothing but snyder cut snyder cut snyder cut all week which by the way i watched uh, last night i watched the entire snyder cut oh without spoiling how do you feel about it uh way better than uh the whedon justice league to the point where i actually really really enjoyed this version i i, I kind of feel I, I kind of want to see a sequel if you guys know how the 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 this version ended like i kind of want to see what that movie would be like but yeah it was i wasn't expecting much because i don't think Zack snyder is a great director he's a great you, you know visual director he's basically you know uh style over substance uh but i really really enjoyed uh the snyder cut yeah so go ahead continue i just wanted to to put that in there <laughs> yeah i was just saying like you know but snyder cut's a good example of how fans can shape the content that comes out and not only the content but like how you know how people hear about it like i wouldn't have for a i'm not like i like batman but i don't really care about the wider the wider universe of DC. Like, I don't really care about Aquaman and Superman and stuff like that. So, like, um, I wouldn't have bothered even having any interest in this. 
but you know a lot of when i hear like people like you and a lot of my friends say it's good then yeah maybe i'll check it out then and like tomorrow i think me and my brother are gonna watch that um the ultimate cut of batman versus superman final cut or whatever it's called and then from that gonna try and watch the snyder cut because you know people said it's best to watch that first but you know that's sort of a long a roundabout way of saying like when you said earlier that Microsoft's still in sort of a user acquisition phase for um, for Game Pass, there's still there's still room to experiment with how uh, you know which games perform in the service and figuring out that sort of stuff. So like maybe at the moment they can afford to spend a little bit extra to get Outriders in there, and you know maybe games like Octopath Traveler, which don't have a huge amount of evidence. If I mean there's not there's not going to be a huge amount of evidence in there except for like Kazuya, like a uh, Yakuza. Kazuya? Kazuya is a character from Tekken, isn't it? Uh, that's a weird that's a weird mix-up. But um, you know, there's a <laughs> there's not a lot of JRPGs and game passes where I'm saying. Uh, there's basically only like a dragon. So I suppose like one way that you can, you know, get more data on that is to spend the big money and get like Octopath in there and stuff like that. So um it's cool to see. And I just hope that it does lead to you know your personas and and your other games and stuff because there are so many great JRPGs out there that just don't come to Xbox. Like, frankly, yeah, well, a so yeah, a lot of don't even come to PlayStation. A lot They're of all just on Steam. A lot of Japanese developers don't want to put their games on Xbox because they feel the Xbox people wouldn't buy it. It's that self fulfilling prophecy we always talked about. Xbox has a reputation where the users don't buy J- JRPGs. So they don't put them on the console, and then when they do, years later after a port, it doesn't sell well, you know, and it fulfills the prophecy that nobody buys Japanese games. But if you put them in Game Pass, you know, you can just try it out, just like people will with Outriders. And yeah, as it takes the risk away, yeah, it takes so the risk away, and then like maybe people like it, so they buy it. Like that's the whole thing. Like Game Pass doesn't preclude or stop people from buying the games; they they still can. And it's just it's just nice to like. It was weird because the beginning of this month, everybody was like, ah, what a horrible month for Game Pass because it was just Madden, NFL 21, and NBA 2K21, right? Uh, NHL, it was like just the sports games. And people were like, oh, that's lame. But then they made the Outriders announcements. You have Undertale finally coming to Xbox, uh, day one in Game Pass. You have Octopath Traveler. You have these PC ports like Nier Automata and The Evil Within, you know, from the Bethesda list that are basically better than the Steam PC ports. That basically Microsoft Ooh. paid for these ports or something. Like everybody's talking about how the Evil Within and 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 uh, near ports are way better than the Steam ones. And I don't know. It it seems like it's finally getting going. And not to you know, you have to also think about this in Satya Nadella's bonus package or whatever or his compensation for the year. Uh, Game Pass is like 5%. So how much money he's going to be compensated is directly tied. It's a small percentage for sure, right? 5%. Obviously, the big things are like Azure and and stuff like that. But there's an actual Xbox, you know, uh, metric tied to, uh, you know, his and how much he makes. So I, I think like Xbox wants to blow up Game Pass this year to get as many subscribers as possible. Um, which is one of the reasons why I think Starfield is potentially going to hit this year and why Microsoft might be targeting more of these bigger titles like Outriders. And I, the problem is like you don't even know what other big games are coming this year because everything gets delayed. Like today, Gotham Knights supposed to come out this year. 
delayed to 2022. And uh, it's just... The, the COVID and the pandemic is just completely screwed up, like, the releases for titles. You know, like, there's talk, you know, Gran Turismo 7 on the PlayStation side. That got delayed to 2022. God of War, still not officially delayed, but I don't think anybody believes that game is coming out this year, right? There's even rumors that Horizon Forbidden West won't launch this year. Um, so, like, it's obviously screwing with development a lot, to the point where we don't even know what other games are coming out for the end of the year. Um, which, which sucks to be honest, because like we got these, we got these new systems and it's like, we just want stuff, new stuff to play on it. And the new stuff to play on it, it's going to be kind of sparse for a bit. You huh? know? Yeah. Oh, you cut out that for a minute. Oh, you, I did. Might've been my headset. Oh, I was just talking about how COVID's basically destroyed everything the and world. delaying everything, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, so Starfield, uh, next year, um, or this year, uh, Jeff Grubb was on RDX, uh, my buddy Dealer Gaming and Colt Eastwoods, Jay Fonzarelli. I saw Fonz in chat earlier. Uh, he's awesome. Uh, D Batch and you know Little Baby Zocker. Uh, he was on there and basically said that he's ninety percent sure that Bethesda will reveal Starfield this E three showcase, and barring any COVID related delays is basically going to do the Fallout 4 battle plan of, hey, I'm Todd Howard. Here's a 30-minute demo for Starfield. Oh, by the way, it's exclusive to Xbox, PC, and Game Pass, and it's coming out in November. Have a good day. You know what I mean? (laughs) Uh, What do you think the likelihood of that happening is? Because I've been saying for, God, this whole year that I felt Microsoft was going to launch Forza Horizon 5, Halo, and Starfield like September, October, November as like a as like a pretty good end to the year. Do you think that's realistic or do you think Starfield might slip to early 2022? I yeah, uh, you know, I got no evidence on this and uh I'm not particularly great at making predictions. So, I you know, I would rather defer to you and uh and Mr. Grubb on this one. If I mean, guys, it's a, it's my gut feeling. It. Like I had heard from people that they were targeting this holiday for Starfield release. Now, whether or not it comes out is anybody's guess, because who knows? It's only it's only March. The game could get delayed, but like I I I felt strongly it could happen. Uh, obviously, it obviously might not, but I want to know what you think. I well, I sure I think too, right? How many years has it been since uh, it was announced at this point? Twenty eighteen, I believe. Yeah, so you know, there's a there's certainly a precedent there for uh for um. The, they didn't they do that with Fallout 4 they announced it and they were like oh by the way it's coming out in 6 months didn't yeah, they, they do that they did the same with Fallout 76 as well yeah yeah so that seems to be that that seems to work for Bethesda and it's you know kind of it's just kind of fun and hype and stuff um and people pe- pe- people pay attention to Bethesda even though like arguably they haven't been firing on all cylinders in sort of recent years i think like they've still you know command a huge amount of respect and when people, when they speak, people stand up and listen, you know, because uh, people want to see them return to form. You know, they want to see, they want to see a Fallout that's more of an RPG than a shooter. They want to see, you know, Elder Scrolls 6 completely blow them away like uh, Skyrim did back in the day. And, uh, you know, Starfield is a new, new IP, new IP from Bethesda. That's always going to have hype attached to it, right? Um, still, we know nothing about the game. We don't know. We've seen like some vague sort of screenshots from an early build, I believe. 
that aren't even fully verified, I think. So for, so at best, we've got a few leaked screenshots, which may or may not be accurate based on the current versions of the game. Literally don't know. So I, you know, I'm eager to find out more. But again, I have no evidence. And honestly, I don't really chase game leaks so much. Right. So, so Punkadish asks a good question. He says, how is Starfield so hype without seeing a damn thing practically? I don't get it. Just curious. I think it's that's like what I was going to. It's it's because Bethesda's earned that rep. You know, it's when almost Todd like Howard has earned that rep, right? Yeah, it's Todd Howard too. Like Todd Howard's Bethesda, like that studio, the guy, the guys responsible for you know Fallout Three and, and um, Fallout Four and Skyrim, which is just still just such a massive game, one of the best selling games of all time, um, box copied sales or whatever. Um, so you know they they've earned that legacy over the past several decades how many decades 30 30 years 36 years or something um they've earned it they've earned that reputation through consistent quality delivering experiences that well i say quality they're pretty notorious for you know buggy games and stuff but they deliver those experiences which are like memorable and crazy and you know unlike anything else out there so they've earned that they've earned that attention so you know it it's similar to Kojima with Death Stranding. Like, remember, we we didn't know anything about Death Stranding for the longest time. Like, what the hell is the game? Like, even after, to be fair, even after they announced it, people were like, "What the hell is this game?" Like, even after they showed gameplay, but at least people were like, the, "What the hell is this game?" At least in that scenario, you actually saw a video to go along with it, right? Like, we only have that teaser not trailer. Initially, not initially. Yeah. I mean, it's just, but that's the, that's the thing. Bethesda, uh, Kojima, like Todd Howard, has earned this sort of prestige in the industry where people stand up and listen when he's when he's announcing a game, even if it's a new IP. I mean, I, there's I, a lot. It's there's a struggle when it comes to announcing new IP. There's a big struggle. I, I get I get why people I get why people like Punk do ash that though, right? Uh, we haven't seen anything from it, but it's because of the pedigree. It's the pedigree of the of the team and 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 the guy behind it. So like people like like oh my god, Starfield. Todd Howard space game, you know, from the teams, like Jess said, Fallout 4, Fallout 3, you know, Skyrim, Oblivion, like that gets people excited, even if with, without seeing anything, you know, so uh, that's what it is. Some people need to see something. Like I said, I love Elder Scrolls. I'm not the biggest fan of Fallout, so I kind of want to see what Starfield is. Is it just going to be Fallout in space? Like... You know, like, is it is it just Fallout in space? Is it going to be like No Man's I Sky? Um, I can't even imagine what kind of game it's going to be like. Like, I just can't, I can't even wrap my head around it. Like, how would Fallout in space even work? Is it going to have, like, a story? Is it going to be some kind of service game where, you know, is it going to be like um, No Man's Sky, but on the creation? I think, think Todd <laughs> Howard has said it's a single-player game. Oh, really? So, yeah. Okay, so then presumably it's going to be a sprawling open-world RPG. Yeah, and that's what that's what people want, right? Yeah, that's what I want. So it'll be interesting. Man, I, I do think I do think we'll see it this this um, holiday, or I do think it'll def- we'll definitely see it at E three. The question is whether or not it comes out this fall is the question. Now we got a super chat from the one and only Darge Knight, and he wants to say, me to say this with with passion. He says, "Come on, you irons." What does that mean? I don't I don't know what that means. Irons. Yeah, I don't. Darge, uh, what is like, what, that's like a football chant? Come on, you are you. What does that mean, Darge? I don't, I don't know your British speak, bro. I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know what the irons are. Is that, is that a is that a some kind of is that a rugby team or something? I don't know. I have no idea. It's not a football team um, unless it's one of those weird 
weird small town football teams. We do have a, we do have a lot of super chats I need to get to. Some of them I'm sure you'll find funny. S- Soma King says the new meta at Rand Uwu and at Jez Therat. Chinak guy says <laughs> any idea why Xbox marketing marketing has suddenly become better? Better Rand Senpai UU. Jeez, everyone going with this UWU stuff. Uh, no, it's I don't know. Maybe it's they have maybe they have Senpai. stuff to market. Maybe they were. Holding off on the whole Bethesda thing and just hitting people with a whole bunch of news right away. I'm not really sure. So did Darge say anything in chat? I read it. I, I don't know how I'm supposed to say come on irons. I don't even know what it means. Come on, Darge. Where are you at? I don't I'm even see post there. anything. Uh, oh, Saji Caesar says irons equals the West Ham United Football Club. Oh, okay. West Ham United oh, really? Football Club. That's apparently what it means. I did not know that. Uh, Dovakin it's says Cyberpunk Reborn to Game Pass 100%. I was actually thinking that. Like, what if when the next-gen version of Cyberpunk comes out, they just put it in Game Pass? You're right. I mean, yeah, I always maybe. thought Cyberpunk would go to Game Pass anyways at some point. There's, there's one thing about Cyberpunk that a lot of people forget is that they're planning on releasing a multiplayer mode. And um, basically, their, their whole model for Cyberpunk was Grand Theft Auto. They were like, yeah, we'll release a massive, sprawling single-player game. And then after everyone's, you know, gone through that and people are still hyped about it, then we'll drop a multiplayer mode that everyone will play and love like they love GTA Online. But it didn't work out that way. Um, maybe <laughs> see Project Red bit off a little bit more than they could chew. I don't know. But for me, if, if their end goal is this some whatever multiplayer game they want to go for, um, if that is even still on the cards... Then putting it in Game Pass is a surefire way of bringing people back to the, you know, the beleaguered franchise. Yeah, man, it's I feel so bad about that whole cyberpunk thing. I really do. They went through the like ringer, the man. Yeah. The hack, the hack, and like my god, Release, so much drama in a short space of time. Releasing that game and how it performed on the last gen consoles. Yeah. So Dar- so the Darge Knight clarifies and says, rugby, small town, absolutely liberty. West Ham United <laughs> equals Iron's biggest soccer team in London. So that I thought that, that was Chelsea. That that's what that's what <laughs> the Darge Knight has to say. Um, what about Chelsea, man? I don't know. Uh, Dovakin says the Cinemax board was solely killing Bethesda. They definitely returning back to glory. Uh, we definitely hope so. Tony Art says maybe Starfield is eleven eleven twenty one release ten years after Skyrim release. I could see that happen to celebrate one of their biggest new games with a new IP. Uh, Tharsman says Square Enix for Spoken is a PS5 exclusive, but imagine if MS managed to get it on Game Pass PC day one. Yeah, for Spoken is that Project Athea game that they they gave a, a title to. I don't like the title, but uh, some of the some of the traversal at the end looked pretty cool. Supposedly that's coming People out. People were pulling it um, for skin. On jeez. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> Uh, Alex Sawyer says, "What's good, guys? Hope all is well with the with the whole CDPR and Cyberpunk fiasco. Do you think Microsoft would buy them to give them additional resources? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. No. Do you? Do you? Buying CD Projekt Reds? I don't, I don't think so. Too expensive. That, they take a long time to make games. I don't. I don't think. Yeah. I don't it's, think so. It's yeah. Into that. Microsoft wants um. They want." rapid cadence you know and um bethesda gives them that rapid cadence because there's so many damn studios um but cd project red doesn't really give them that rapid cadence and also a publicly traded company i also think they're kind of bound up in the polish government in some ways yeah they've got a lot of like grants and loans and stuff 
Yeah, like uh, it's similar to the um, it's similar to what happened with Kingdoms of Amalur, where the, the government helped fund the game, hoping to get a return on their investment. Um, so yeah, there's a that there's that all entanglement involved in it too. So yeah. Um, uh, Zenner White says, "Your thoughts on the Warhammer 40k Necro Munda hired gun exclusive game? Is that game oh, exclusive? Yeah, that really cool. I don't know if it's exclusive, but it looks really cool. We're getting like three Warhammer games this year. Yeah, I wonder when that Warhammer uh, Dark Tide game is coming out. Looks pretty cool. Um, Which one was that? Uh, that's like the four player um, Warhammer game that looks like Left 4 Dead, sort of. Uh, right. they, they showed it off at the." Uh, the summer showcase, and then they also showed the gameplay trailer at the Game Awards this past uh, December. Uh, Nightwolf says, "Hey Rand, hey Jazz, hope you guys are doing well. Not sure if you talked about it or got asked this, but what did you think of the Dying Light Two update? Did you watch uh, the Dying Light Two update, Jazz? I didn't because um, I missed it first, and then loads of people said it was lame, so I didn't be. Yeah, it was. It, it. They so I watched some of it. They basically were like." Here's some tweets and comments from people wishing us death because the game was delayed. And then they basically said they revealed it too early and they're working on it really hard. And 2021, yeah, I, it was basically a whole load of nothing. So that's weird. It was pretty weird. It was basically like, here's an announcement to expect another announcement at some time. I mean, maybe the game comes out this year. I'm not sure. Uh, Faisal says, Jez, any advice on how to start gaming writing? Ooh, that's uh, that is a long question. Send me a DM on Twitter. I'll give you some advice, mate. Can't can't do it here. That's that is a complicated question. <laughs> Send a complicated me a DM on Twitter or drop me an email. Yeah, je- je- yeah. Make email Jez. He'll tell you all how he you know you can be as uh, insidery as him. You know, maybe not that. Yeah. Uh, Punkadish says one point five thousand watch and smack that like button. Indeed, we have a whole bunch of people here. Over 1.5 thousand. So if you're joining the show, hit the like button. Subscribe if it's your first time. Uh, we appreciate everybody who's tuning in. Uh, Michael says, hey, Jez, do you have any other hints you can give us regarding future Xbox projects? Here we go. I feel it. This is the clickbait article one where all these websites are going to listen to this part. Now that we have this chat, the super chat asking Jez about future Xbox projects, just, just drop it on him, Jez. Tell him what's going on. Just let, let oh, let's get more articles written about man. the Xbox too. You know what I mean? <laughs> let's save that for another day. I don't have anything <sighs> new after you know what I said last time, but you know Microsoft's always Which looking at stuff. It was pretty bro. big what you said last time. I don't think people realize that. You know? Yeah, maybe. 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 You're being a little cheeky there, but yeah. Sorry. I guess we have to wait for Jess to get drunk or something, or. Uh, <laughs> another show for future Xbox projects, I guess. RDX Son of Fett says, Fusion Frenzy should come back. Chinat Guy says, would Microsoft be interested in Devolver Digital? I don't think so, because they don't own anything. What's the point of buying Devolver Digital? You don't get any studios and you don't get any IP, right? Hmm. So what's they, the point? They just own publishing rights? I would. I think so. I don't think they own. I mean, I could be wrong. Anybody in chat knows, but I don't think Devolver owns any studios, and I don't think they own any of the IPs that they publish. Now, the games that That's they cool. do publish are all high quality. Um, maybe you like. Wouldn't you just hire the people who run Devolver and get them to work on ID at Xbox? Wouldn't that just be solve all that essentially? Right? I don't know. Yeah, true. And also, like, um, Devolver has a killer social media team. They do. 
Uh, that much. <laughs> they, 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 they sure do. Uh, Michael uh, says, you think you guys think Remedy would be in the same category alongside CD Projekt Red as far as chances of an MS acquisition? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think Microsoft is interested in working with Remedy in that capacity after Alan Wake and Quantum Break. Um, if Microsoft, I think if Microsoft wanted to purchase them, they would have already. And now that they're going multi-platform, I, I just think Microsoft has flashbacks to how much Quantum Break cost and how little it probably sold. And they and they like probably look at it like, eh, we didn't get a really a lot for a re, you know return on investment uh, remedy. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it just didn't work out. So I think Microsoft has like they see they see failed projects almost like in the sort of if it's like seen in a bad light, you just kind of have to spend even more money to build on that, you know, negative connotation. Um, it makes the marketing even harder. Like, um, I used to, I used to have this, I used to be of this opinion where like, I kind of, I kind of thinking about games like um, Mass Effect, for example, a Mass Effect one was a janky, you know, horrible horrible to play frankly was horrible to play the gunplay was terrible the all the abilities were terrible (laughs) it really wasn't great you know combat wise but it made you feel a certain way and the characters were interesting and diverse and dynamic and you could tell that there was something there that that you could build on so like because that bit was so great people largely forgave the combat and stuff um so it earned itself a sequel and also it sold well which also earned itself a sequel so i was kind of like back then i was kind of like man they could take games like quantum break and recall that maybe were a bit rough and then build on it and make it into something that's good but i think like that's sort of the era where you can get away with doing that's kind of different now because there's so much competition for people's time that you don't, you sort of, if you're building a sequel to a game nobody bought and nobody liked, except for like some hardcore people or some some people who like, you know, um, are willing to accept the game's shortcomings and stuff, um, then you, you're sort of starting on a back foot, right? You don't want to start on a back foot when you're making a game. So I think games like um, uh, Quantum Break and Recore and stuff probably won't get sequels just because there'd be... St- start in the project from a position of weakness but you know who knows you know never say never i guess uh rdx son of says can't wait to play horizon zero dawn on my xbox when the new browser releases ea game pass tutorial said ios and brow ios and browser early this year uh michael says i'll buy jez around he guess he wants you to get you get you <laughs> drunk and blast the bass yeah. says with 24 million forza horizon 4 players and 20 million sea of thieves players has Xbox had games people want this whole time? Interesting. Mm, interesting. interesting. I mean, it's almost as if most games people play are actually third party. Well, I say 20 million for Sea of Thieves is quite a success after considering how that game launched. And I think. Oh, uh, I thought you meant the platform. I didn't hear that bit. There's well, something wrong with my headset. It keeps cutting out. <clears throat> Maybe the battery is low. Uh, I mean, he basically said with 24 million Forza Horizon players and 20 million Sea of Thieves players, it's like Xbox has games people want to play the whole time, you know? Yeah. I mean, um, Sea of Thieves growth is, like, really impressive. They've really driven that game. Like, Sea of Thieves is a pretty good example 
of something that launched in maybe not the most favorable state, but they had a plan and they built on it and made it into something really special. Um, kind of like what they did with Mass Effect. Yeah, but you know, it's rare that games can do that now. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, you could say like Forza Horizon mm-hmm, Four yeah. and Sea of Thieves are the two biggest success stories of Xbox this gen, along like with Game Pass basically blowing those games up. Uh, Matthew uh, Matthew Santos says Devolver is better than Xbox Game Pass. Xbox Global Publishing. Interesting. So, um, Jez, we did get an acquisition this week. I figured we'd have to talk about this. Sony bought Evo. Yes, they did. Evo, the, uh, the game, the game tournament. The, the game tournament, the fighting game tournament. Yes, very, I, I thought that was very confusing, personally. It was a very weird purchase. Like, why, why wouldn't you just make your own game tournament, you know? Uh, but I would imagine the price was yeah. low because they had to cancel last year and there was the whole sexual allegations against one of the co-founders. Yeah. So maybe they were able to get it on cheap. You know what my first thought was? And this isn't like any sort of like inside info or anything like that. This is just like I saw Sony buy the fighting game, uh, buy Evo. My first thought was, oh, they're gonna they're gonna buy exclusivity for Street Fighter Six again, uh, you know, because they bought exclusivity for Street Fighter Five, right? Because Sony doesn't have any first party like they don't have any first party fighting games, right? And it sounds like Nintendo's gonna pull. Is well, either is Microsoft. It sounds like Nintendo's gonna pull Smash from from Evo, right? So my first thought was like. Okay, if you buy the if you buy the fighting, you know, you buy Evo, like, uh, does this insinuate that potentially Sony's trying to get Street Fighter Six exclusivity so they can showcase it at Evo? I don't know. Like, I don't know what a, I don't know what Capcom's like going to do almost, with that game. You know, that's like almost a stretch. It's just why why do you need a whole event to buy exclusivity for? a fighting game it's so weird i mean if they do then i suppose that increases the impetus on microsoft to actually make a new killer instinct um which great you know i you know personally prefer killer instinct to streets of street fire just because i you know it's the one i've historically played more of but um and also you've got a lot of new characters you could put in there can you imagine doom guy in the killer instinct Mm. um that'd be pretty damn sweet but at the same time, I still don't get it. Like, even if you, even if you have a fighting tournament, like, you don't need it for exclusive on a fight. They must have paid very little for that. Is all I can think. It must have been a minuscule amount of money and almost like trivial. And also, they they didn't they weren't the sole buyer. They bought it with in partnership with a new esports organization called RTS, which is I'm going to have hilariously bad SEO. Um. It's the dumbest name I've ever seen in my life for a new company naming themselves after a very popular term that you can't Google without finding loads of other stuff. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> so I just thought that whole thing was kind of bizarre, but I doubt they paid very much. And I I guess we'll just have to watch and see what they do with it because I have no idea right now. I, I almost kind of like your thing <clears throat> where you said, let's imagine a scenario where Sony buys Street Fighter Six exclusivity. At least last last generation, Microsoft had Killer Instinct to combat, combat, com- combat it, right? 
I, Street Fighter is still a bigger franchise, but Microsoft at least had their own fighting franchise. This time around, if Sony were able to do that, I, I would hope, or at least what you said about how Microsoft would then be kind of like people. People would be coming to Phil, and everybody at Xbox being like, "Yo, where's our fighting game?" Like Street Fighter's gone again. You know, it's going to be a few years before they ever do another Mortal Kombat. It's like it's time to bring back Killer Instinct, and that may be yeah. like would light a fire under their asses to get Killer Instinct 2 made. Now, um, what about the other... This is also another PlayStation thing, but I think it's important. Uh, Jade Raymond's new studio was announced, Haven, and Sony's backing it. Uh, they're going to be have a partnership where the game's going to be a new IP for PlayStation. What did you think about that announcement? Well, I think first of all, I think it's awesome because, you know... Google sucks, and mm. the way they treated those devs was pure garbage. But what 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 can you say? It's Google. That's what it's what Google does. They treat their employees like garbage. So well documented thing. Google's an awful company. And sorry, Rand, I'm probably going to get your video demonetized. But um, ultimately, she's now in partnership with a studio that does care about gaming, Sony. And it's you know a good thing for the industry that those people found a partner that will actually back their vision to the end and see it through to the end rather than google who's just playing around for fun with more money than it knows what to do with google's just an awful company and everything it does is terrible and google should be banned okay, Jeez. please anybody from google listening to the podcast that's not the opinions of randall thor 19 who has this YouTube <laughs> channel and is the owner of it uh, that, that's just jess corden um it just uh, it kind of reminds me of the whole kojima thing um although kojima is obviously like an iconic developer, right? As soon as he went free agent, uh, Sony was like, back up a Binks truck. Uh, we, we don't own Kojima Productions, but their first game is ours. We own the IP, and it ended up being Death Stranding. Now, as we've talked about before, eh, I don't think Sony really... Uh, I think they didn't like how Death Stranding ended up, and I'm not sure that their next game is going to be with PlayStation. There was rumors... And a report from VGC that it was Stadia was going to publish their next game, and obviously Stadia went Stadia went away. So, and then of course there's the Phil Shelf Spiracies with the Kojima Ludens doll right next to the Xbox logo. So that brings up the question if Kojima's next games with Xbox. But I think PlayStation sees Jade Raymond as a similar creator to Kojima, someone who's like very um, high profile. So like okay we'll 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 back the studio they're making a new IP for us we'll see what happens and if it turns out to be pretty good maybe we'll purchase the studio I think Sony's been a little bit cautious here because Jade Raymond hasn't shipped a game in seven years it's been she hasn't shipped a game since Watch Dogs in 2014 uh, she went to EA and that Star Wars game got canceled then she went to Google to build first party and that was you know they pulled the plug on that before a game could come out. So there's some people in the industry that might be thinking if Jade Raymond, is this things that happen to Jade Raymond or is Jane Raymond a reason why these things happen, right? So maybe Sony's just playing a little bit, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll fund your studio or at least we'll you know fund the game. You can build the studio. Let's see if you can actually put something out in you know, a, a three to five year timetable and if it's good. And if it is, maybe we continue the partnership. And if nothing happens, and if the game, if the studio crumbles, then PlayStation really doesn't lose that much, right? Yeah, 
Um, it makes sense, I guess, given given the you know unfortunate circumstances around. Uh, was it what was it called? Star Wars thirteen thirteen or something. Um, I'm, I f- mm, I'm was not. Sh- was game? it thirteen thirteen? I'm not sure if, if, oh, if it was oh, that one. Maybe it was a different Star Wars game. There was a lot of Star Wars yeah. games that were canceled at EA in that time frame. Yeah, there was. So, um, man, EA just kind of sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, it's it's cool to see. I'm interested to see what um, the partnership yields yes yeah. um, so aquaman's got cool a question thing. for you jez he says coming oh. from the astro a 50s how are the new xbox series wireless headsets in terms of quality and features any chance microsoft buys out square enix so i'll answer the second one probably no chance but you have a review out for the new uh, xbox wireless headset mine should be coming today tell everybody listening which you know we have a whole bunch of people still here listening after two hours what you think of the new xbox wireless headsets yeah, so um, I was lucky enough to get a review unit um, of the Xbox wireless headset. I used it, you know, for several de- for several days last week. Cross a range of games, watch a movie and well TV shows with them, and listen to music stuff like that. I review a lot of headsets. I think like probably I, at this point I might have reviewed more headsets than actual games. You know, we're a tech site at the end of the day, so that's a little bit more my area, I guess. Um, so I have a sort of like a breadth a range of headsets that I compare this to, you know, cross turtle, you know, gaming headsets anyway, cross turtle beach and, you know, Astro and steel series and stuff like that compared to the Astro a fifties, you're not going to get a better sound out of the Xbox wireless headset. That's the, that's the biggest disappointment with the Xbox wireless headset for me was the audio profile. I felt was imbalanced. I felt like the bass was way too heavy and overpowering. Even with it turned down, it was still really overbearing. Um, and I'm someone who, you know, typically likes a good bassy headset, but I just felt like it was unbalanced. But audio is also really subjective. So, you know, if um, if you like it, that's totally fine. You know, if you like big, beefy bass. But I had, like, the bass, bass boost on zero, and there's four levels of it. Like, level four will literally explode you, explode, well, explode my head. So uh, it's, it's interesting, like, how different people, you know, perceive audio. Because there's so many factors, like, you know, the shape of your head, for God's sake can like make sound reverberate differently and stuff like that but i just felt the audio profile was a bit imbalanced however this is also a 99 dollars headset and there are literally no as far as i'm aware i think there are no 99 dollars headsets on the market that do bluetooth and xbox wireless uh, as a combination i think the cheapest one up to this point was about 130 dollars in a sale and then and then 150 dollars regularly so like the turtle beach stealth 700 gen 2 is the the cheapest competitor i think that also does bluetooth i'm I'm, my brain's telling me steel series one is cheap and does bluetooth but i don't i I don't know if it does off the top of my head but anyway the audio profile is not but at 99 dollars, there isn't another headset out there that will shift to your phone to your pc to your xbox seamlessly thanks to you know the double signal stuff and on the plus side i felt like it handles bluetooth signal better than other headsets out there like bluetooth is a terrible standard i hate bluetooth so much with a passion i think everyone who uses bluetooth kind of hates it and just does so out of necessity why haven't we come up with a better solution than bluetooth man i i don't know bluetooth's awful but uh, it's the best we got right now so you know it is what it is but at $99, I don't think you'll be disappointed, but there are better headsets out there that sound a lot better. 
for me, the best sounding headset that's also pretty cheap right now is the Corsair HS75XB. That's the headset that I generally recommend for like great audio quality at a relatively affordable price. But you don't get Bluetooth with that. So it's ultimately pros and cons about what you want. Got a load of articles about headsets, best headsets for Xbox on Windows Central. So go and check those out and uh, share them around as well. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, I, I sort of... I. The value's great. The auto mute feature's great. The um, you know, the software's really good. The design and comfort's really great. But the sound quality's not the best. The microphone's not the best. And um, that there is a lot of value there though at ninety nine dollars. So that's basically my feelings on it. Don't expect the world, but it's not it's not bad either. Yeah, I I mean I have Ashray fifties. I wanted to buy the headset uh, because I can use them on the PC. So if I don't like them. Uh, I'll just use my A50s, but then there's sometimes people want to play on Xbox but use Discord, and my PC and my Xbox are like really far apart. But this headset kind of bridges that gap where it's like I could connect to my phone and be in Discord while playing, uh, and have the you headset. Can do that on, with your so. A50s, you know. Well, you'd have to. Wouldn't you have to plug it into the PC? Yeah, you would. But yeah, but, you but but I said like my Xbox and my OLED are across the room from my PC at the moment. So a big ass cable, man. I don't want to have a big ass cable running around there. So maybe <laughs> when I re- remodel everything, I'll I'll put the PC closer to the Xbox. So yeah, spend um, some of them millions and remodel. Yeah, I, I'll I'll talk about my experience with the headset uh, next week. Um, Mike says, uh, still think Remedy would be a perfect fit. Seeing how Microsoft has changed their priorities is how they measure success with Game Pass. I would assume that they'd be willing to take a risk with them again. I mean, potentially, uh, when Remedy, after Remedy did Quantum Break and moved on, uh, Game Pass wasn't a thing. So, I mean, you might be right, but who knows if Remedy wants to be bought out? I mean, they are a public company after all. So we'll see. Axel1324 Gaming says, Rand say, it's not always about the uwu. Sometimes it's about the ara. What? <laughs> I don't know. What does that mean? I don't uh, get it. Uh, uh. Um, you don't know. The Glitch Doctor yeah. says, wouldn't be Embrace Group a good pick for Microsoft? They run themselves and have many <laughs> mid-tier games to fill out dry Game Pass months. I mean, uh, Embrace uh, Group owns 50 studios. I don't, I don't think Microsoft is looking for that many, studio. to be honest. It's it's a lot of it's a lot of work to run those studios. It's a reason why Nintendo has what twelve or thirteen or whatever it is ten, and PlayStation has thirteen. Uh, and you know, like it's just a lot of work for you know to run these studios and get everything in the pipeline and everything, which is one of the reasons why Bethesda is being kept separate from Xbox Game Studios, so Matt doesn't have to worry about what Bethesda's doing. So yeah, so there is that. Um, I did see Miles, uh, you know, Miles Dampierre, right? Is that how you say his last name? He just posted uh, the Xbox Series X mini fridge with the ZOA uh, energy drink um, as well. And I I saw uh, Paris in chat earlier. Uh, Shout out to Paris, uh, XCast and uh, Gamertech Radio. He also was super fortunate enough to get one early. And even got retweeted by The Rock, which I'm extremely jealous of. Like, I love The Rock. Oh, that's sick. Like, my life, like, my life would peak at that point if I got ever got retweeted by The Rock. But he also, you know, they sent out the mini fridges with The Rock's energy drink and like a cool new controller, and they, uh, you know, as sort of like cross promotional thing, 
looks super cool. And then there's even hints that maybe Xbox might sell a mini fridge at some point in the future. It looks like Aaron Greenberg yeah. was kind of teasing that a little bit. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Although the Xbox, the Xbox Gear Shop, like the the company they used to sell that their stuff from their gear shop, is terrible. Like I ordered something from them back in November, and I was it was like January, February, and I was like, and I remembered that I'd ordered something, and it just hadn't even been shipped after like three months. And I know like COVID's a thing or whatever, but damn, that is some slow delivery time. So I cancelled that stuff. Maybe it's because it was shipping out from America or something. I don't know, but don't ship. Don't say you'll ship to the UK if you're not gonna do it, mate. Yeah. Would you get a Series X fridge if they sell one? Would it, let, let me know. Everybody's still watching. We have uh, fourteen hundred and fifty people. So, geez, the podcast is like two hours and two going on two hours and twenty minutes, and there's still basically fifteen hundred people here watching. Uh, <laughs> hit the like button if you're still here enjoying the show. Subscribe if you're new. Would you buy an Xbox Series X mini fridge? Let me know in the comments. How much would you pay for it? I guess that's the bigger question. How much is a mini fridge? Is it $100, $150? Would you buy one? Let's see see some yeses coming in right now that they totally would. Someone says no. I guess it really depends on the price. I mean, maybe. I I, I don't know. I I don't really need a mini fridge, but I guess it really depends on on, uh, the price. Um Dude, I'm so jealous of Miles, man. Miles got that uh, package. He's moving up in the world, man. You know? Get the, is, the yeah. little rock glasses as well. That looks super cool. Uh, Jez, um, this question is for you. Age of Empires is having a fan event sort of thing. Fan preview on April April 10th. What can people yeah. ex- expect what from this? So you have Age of Empires. They said there would be news about Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition and Age of Empires 3 Definitive Edition. And obviously like gameplay reveals for Age of Empires 4. Are we going to get a release date for Age of Empires 4 at this April 10th show? I'm going to go out on a limb and say yes. I think we'll get a release date for Age of Empires 4 at the show. Um, I have no idea. That's just a guess. But I think like <clears throat> given the the timeline between when it was announced to now, I do believe we'll get an announced date for Age of Empires 4. Do you think it's show. coming out this like, year? Uh, maybe. 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 No, so, maybe Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition news, it, could they be bringing Age of Empires 2 and 3 to Xbox by chance? Man, I want to say yes, but I ultimately don't know. There's a sort of, there's almost like a philosophical challenge here. Does Microsoft dumb down the gameplay for a controller or do they force people to use mouse and keyboard? Because I think there's a lot of people who are going to pick that up and be like, oh, I, I've got to use mouse and keyboard. I don't have one. Um, my, maybe Microsoft can work around that and put a big, big, massive warning on it saying you need a mouse and keyboard to play this. But if you put mouse and keyboard on your console and then you don't support it, what the hell was the point? Mm. So... If, if we're in this age of discovery, of testing the waters with new things and, you know, experimenting with Game Pass and stuff like that, I say do it. Put game, put Age of Empires on Xbox and force mouse and keyboard as, as the required peripheral um, because uh, that's how you grow the, the segment of games that require mouse and keyboard. There are just There are just genres of games that you need a mouse and keyboard for, you know. You could argue that MOBAs are those too, like Heroes of the Storm, League of Legends, stuff like that. If you can get, if you can prove that there is a user base on Xbox 
who will use mouse and keyboard through your own franchises like uh you know halo and uh age of empires then you can start making the case to riot and blizzard to bring their mobas and maybe valve to bring dota 2 to xbox and as a as a keyboard and mouse required game and also you grow the market for like um you know keyboard and mouse peripherals that are good for the sofa you know like lap boards they call them mm-hmm. um i think they should do it i think they should you know take a take a risk and do it but i'm also the guy who said they should put microsoft office on xbox so yeah michael says bringing aoe definitive edition to xbox would be so great a lot of people would like it um i don't expect age of empires 4 to be on xbox at launch if it comes out this year that maybe it comes to xbox later but um Moving on from that, this is going to be an interesting one. Square Enix held held an event, Jez. They announced a new... Uh, uh, the title just escaped me. I, I'm literally blanking here. The new... Um, <laughs> li- Foreskin. Li- Life is Strange. There we go. Life is Strange. Life I literally, strange. like... I could picture, like, the cover in my head, but I, I, I blanked on the name for a minute. The new Life is Strange, True Colors, coming out September 10th. 2021 they're also remastering life is strange one and life is strange before the storm uh they showed some outriders off they had some mobile games they for whatever reason announced a compilation uh bundle of the tomb raider games which is weird because does that even really matter and (laughs) uh new avengers stuff right uh they they announced like uh, the next gen version is out with uh, Hawkeye and that Black Panther is coming soon. Still no no word on Spider Man. However, one of the big takeaways was about the save file and how cumbersome it was to transfer your save from PS4 version of Avengers to the PlayStation 5 version, and how yeah. this kind of proves that smart delivery wasn't just PR speak that a lot of people said. That smart delivery was something that was, you know, took years of planning and implementation to make it as seamless and hassle-free for Xbox. Because, like, on Xbox, I always thought it was weird because I never had to worry about saves. Like, when I moved from my 1S to my 1X or anything like that, uh, or my 1X to my Series X, because, like, Microsoft offers cloud saves to everybody free of charge and an unlimited amount. So all you have to do is when you move your games or when you move systems... You just pull the cloud save from you know Microsoft's Azure server and you just start playing. But on PlayStation, it was a little bit different. Like, you can only have cloud saves if you subscribe to PlayStation Plus, which, like, party chat's free on PlayStation and it's locked behind gold on Xbox. Cloud saves are free on Xbox. They're locked behind PlayStation Plus on, you know, uh, for, for PlayStation. So it's like... They both do things that are good, but then they also both do things that are bad when they lock stuff. Like, locking cloud saves behind uh, PS Plus is pretty bad. Especially when people need to transfer their saves to a new system to be able to, like, you know, so if you wanted to move your PS4 saves to PS5 for your, you know, God of Wars and stuff like that, you had to... You had you had to either upload them to the cloud, and if you didn't upload them to the cloud, you gotta, you know, stick a USB stick in there and then transfer them. However... Like for me, I, I I didn't upload any of the saves to the PS Plus because I don't I didn't have PS Plus at that point, and I totally forgot about that I wouldn't be able to get them. So I've got a war in all these titles on PS Five, but if I actually wanted to start a new playthrough, I don't have my old saves. Like I got rid of my PS Four Pro, 
and I totally forgot about like uploading them and you know putting oh them on a God. USB stick. So like, I yeah, I lost sucks. I lost all those saves, and it's something you don't think about on Xbox because it's just so natural. It's so hassle free. It's like. I play a game. I play Gears Five on my my One X. I play Gears Five on my Series X. It just literally is there, you know. And I think people don't appreciate that and the work you know the teams put into it. But it kind of I like, um I definitely take that for granted. I, yeah. I definitely took that for granted. Like I saw um it was the chap from Forbes, uh, Paul 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 Tassi. Paul Tassi, right? So he was tweeting about the frustration of having to, you know, do the cloud saves and stuff. But I've been in the Microsoft ecosystem for so long now, from like Windows Phone and Windows 8 and stuff like that. Well, a lot of this, a lot of this philosophy was was all the way from back then. So like on my window, because I, I used to buy new Windows phones all the time. I had like a million Windows phones. It was so easy and simple to just move my entire phone to a new device. You know, it's it's you know, I know that's a standard feature now, and um, and stuff like that on phones. But it, like, it was new to me at the time. But from that, and then you like Windows Eight did that too, and then Windows Ten did it as well. Like, whenever I get a new laptop, it's just so easy. Connect up to OneDrive, bring all my files and data. It's all cloud-based, and that's sort of like that's sort of the promise of Azure and the Microsoft ecosystem, right? So I just started really taking that for granted, and um. I uh, I encountered this issue when I uh, wanted to play PlayStation Now because I played I played I had a free trial for PlayStation Now I think and um I can't remember what game I was playing I was playing God of War and uh, it came up with a big warning saying uh, you won't be able to save this game and play it on PlayStation unless you get uh, PlayStation Plus and I was like oh well I'm not getting PlayStation Plus because I'm not going to use it for anything so. I uh, my I, sp- I suppose my God of War save vanished along with that. You know, it's just weird to hold that behind a paywall. Well, it's even uh, so. You know, a lot of people talked about smart delivery, and you know, Microsoft really did puff their chests out, puff their chests chests out about that at the lead up to this gen, being like, you know, doesn't matter where you are, what console it is, you know, basically. It'll get the right version and your saves will go with you. And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's not a big deal. Like, it's just PR speak. But then, you know, situations like Marvel Avengers arise where it's like, yeah, like you need to upload your save from the PS4 version. So uh, if you, you know, don't have that copy of the game anymore, well, you can't upload your save. Or if you didn't upload your save, like in reading that whole like tweet from Marvel Avengers was just like, wow, these are a lot of steps just to transfer your save. But then you don't think about it on Xbox. It just works. Like, it literally just works. Um, it's a testament to the, you know, the the cloud-mindedness of Microsoft. And that's, that's the reason why they've become such a massive company with the market cap and stuff is because they were forward-thinking about a lot of this cloud stuff that a lot of companies just slept on, you know? Yeah. So making making the cloud work in a consumer context is is a complicated sort of process. and kudos to microsoft for being ahead of the curve on a lot of that stuff yeah so it's just it just works on xbox it's super easy and it's a little bit more convoluted on on the playstation um so i figured this might be the last topic before we get into user questions vr coming to xbox jazz because there was a, a message when people tried to use their headsets that uh talked about vr headset and stuff Microsoft came out and denied it and said <clears throat> they don't, they're not supporting it for consoles at this time. 
So I guess the question is, do you see Xbox Series X supporting VR headsets in the future? Um, man, I actually believe, like, I know, like, there's, there'll be conspiracy theories and stuff like, why would they say VR and stuff like that? But I actually believe fully that this was a localization thing. I tried to plug the headset into my console and, you know, I didn't get the same message. I do believe this was like a translation error. Some Someone who's translating it probably thought they, you know, meant VR or something or something like that. I don't know. But there are strings in the Xbox ecosystem, which um, operating system, which do refer to VR. I've seen those before. But, you know, it's just because of the holdover from UWP and the shared APIs and stuff like that. I think Microsoft doesn't believe in VR as a viable market right now. And certainly the attach rate on PlayStation VR would suggest that. I think it's like the attach rate is what? Less than 5%. I think Connect had a better attach rate, which is not a good metric you want to be compared to. Um, that said, there is something kind of cool about VR. I've tried Oculus Quest 2. My stepdad has one. Um, it's kind of fun to use. But it's also fatiguing and kind of limiting in what games work well on it. Uh, in a sort of, in a way that's accessible, I'll say. Like people always say, like you get used to the motion sickness or whatever, but the average consumer is not going to want to take the effort to get used to the motion sickness. So I sort of like, I'm of the mind that I don't think we'll get VR in the near future for Xbox. And um, I think it's just a case of the, just the simple fact of that it hasn't, it hasn't taken the world by storm. Like the Quest 2 is probably the best accessible way to get VR right now. And even though there's like this big semiconductor shortage, and even though we had Christmas, Oculus Quest didn't sell out over Christmas at all. It was in stock the whole time. I was checking the stock to see if it'd sell out, and it just never did. And maybe you can argue that maybe, maybe Facebook over over manufactured it but facebook always says to their shareholders well vr's progressing how we expected did they ex did they expect oculus quest 2 to sh sit on stores shelves not selling i don't know but i'm sort of i'm just sort of skeptical still about the vr thing yeah i mean i kind of agree with you i don't i don't think vr is going to come to xbox so um why don't we get to these uh, last Super Chats, and then we'll get to user questions. Uh, anybody still listening to the show? I mean, we're almost uh, <laughs> like two hours and 45 minutes, but uh, it's, it's, been a, it's been an excellent show. Um, Michael says, hey, Jez, bring up Mass Effect got me thinking how Microsoft missed an opportunity to acquire Bioware back then. They probably could have saved them. Yeah, I was pissed when yeah. EA bought Bioware. I've, I felt like Xbox really missed an opportunity to have them. And it... Uh, maybe it would have changed their fortunes. Uh, Hunter Smith says, Corsair is a really great brand. A lot of my PC components use their stuff. Xbox should partner with them for accessories and Game Pass promos. Uh, Dan Lazario says, Jez hasn't said, I don't know as much the last few podcasts. Good job, Jez. Buy Paradox Interactive for Game Pass. I did notice Ooh. that. Yeah, you haven't been using I don't know enough. I, you know, are you, are you self-conscious of your vocal fillers when you when you when you talk? So you don't I'm trying I'm trying to inject a bit of variety into proceedings. But also, I've been less tired podcasting recently because my sleep cycle's so screwed up mm. that I've been waking up in the afternoon. So when I've been podcasting, I've been less tired, which probably means less vocal fillers. I there guess. you go. 
There you go. Michael says uh, bringing AOE to Fin Edition Xbox would be great. Uh, Dovakin says Sony got too comfy with the PS5. And Widya Santoso says, Just a while back, there was an article in Windows Central about Xbox's lack of localization for foreign markets. Do you think it's improved? And if so, how? Well, we have got the new feature, which um, lets developers more starkly exemplify what languages are supported by their games. So in the in the details page on the Xbox store now, if you scroll down a bit, um, it will say all the languages that are supported and your console language will, will be displayed at the top. So you can know immediately at a glance if like, you know, if it supports your language and your, uh, you know, and all that sort of stuff. Or, and also whether it works in the UI, whether the, the dialogue's localized, basically everything. It, go, it, it gives you the opportunity to sort of see at a glance how much the game is localized for your language or whatever. But um, I still think there's a ton of, ton of work they need to do. They've got, they've, they've basically been, they've been saying to foreign markets for a long time, we don't care about you, frankly. Like when we think about Japan and, uh, you know, all, all those kind of regions. For the longest time, Microsoft's been saying, we don't care about you with how, how little they support those regions. Um, in some cases, there are like legal issues which stop it from happening. I know like um, I, always, I often see uh, people in the Iranian community asking Xbox why they have to use a DNS to tunnel to Xbox Live. And the reason for that is uh, the US government. Um has put an embargo on you know trading with uh with iran so that's that's a whole political problem that needs to be solved um and people say well steam works in iran but the thing is it's different because microsoft's a, a massive tech company that has military contact contracts with the u.s military so it becomes really complicated for them dealing with some of that stuff um so there are things that microsoft can't solve with just by throwing money at it but things like the language the language um the language settings and stuff that's a great step in the right direction and i think they do realize that if they do want to be this global company that they always talk about they need to improve across the board when it comes to that stuff and i think they will it's just going to take time very true um humdrug says why does phil hate brute force uh i don't know (laughs) i just (laughs) i don't think he cares for it very much uh, wow, Caesar... are, you, are you throwing Phil under the bus? I mean, not really. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think he's a fan of brute force. I mean, I'm pretty sure he said that in interviews too. So, <laughs> Stodgy Caesar says, "How long do you give Haven before they release their first game?" I guess it depends on the scale of the project. If it's a small indie title, maybe two years. If it's a bigger AAA release three to four years you know it really depends on on the scale um rdx son of fett says playstation be let is less popular than xbox connect and psvr uh michael says i noticed an issue with cloud saves tranching in my xbox one games like oblivion didn't carry over my files that include dlc i think that has to do with uh, the 360 stuff i actually didn't i have none of my saves from the 360 so like um you have to there is an if you've got saves on the 360 there is an extra step involved you have to move those saves to the cloud the cloud allocation on your memory i might write an article about that because it is it is one complication but microsoft didn't have cloud saves to the xbox 360 at launch they came later in an update 
So there, there is like a split system on that console. So if you do have like saves on the hard drive of the 360, they're not, they're not uploaded to the cloud by default. So yeah. there is some stuff you have to do there. I have but none of my saves you... from the 360, not any of them. Like I lost them all because I didn't upload any to the cloud. Maybe that's one of the reasons why I never backed to 360 back and pat. Uh, Jericho Jackson with the smiley. <laughs> and he also says, is the Fable franchise underrated? Hmm. Mm, I I'm honestly not a big fan of Fable. I like Fable I played, a like, lot. Fable. So I I play. I mean, I, I I'm supposed to be a fan of it because it's a British game or whatever. But even when I was even when I was a kid, you know, I thought like the humor was lame. <laughs> I was just like, I, I want some I want some edge in my my gaming a lot of the time. I don't like many comedy games. I guess um, that's just a me thing. But I wouldn't say it's underrated personally. I think it's rated exactly roughly how it deserves to be. I mean, maybe I, that's, I, yeah. I think it. I think it was a. It was. It was. It was rated pretty well. Like I think people thought, you know, thought highly of it with with Fable Two and Fable One. Maybe not so much Fable Three, and then this the franchise has gone away. So let's see what Playground Games can do with it. Maybe they bring the franchise back and it's better than ever. Um. <laughs> RDX Son of Fett says, Review Tech USA is a cam girl, a grown man taking money off to take a shirt. He needs to get help. Um, I, who? Review Tech USA. Uh, Rich from <laughs> Review Tech USA. I don't know if you know who he is. He makes a bunch yeah, of videos. I, I like Rich. He, uh, he streams a lot, and it's I guess fun. like there's a, a point where you know if enough people donate, he'll take off his shirt or something. So Rich, yeah. is, Rich is funny, man. He cracks me up. Rich, Rich can be uh, pretty funny sometimes, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Um, mm, let's see. Uh, Raiden Blade says, Justin Rand, do you believe Sp- Forspoken will come to Xbox in two years as PlayStation fans are saying it's exclusive and not time? You don't have to answer. Well, we'll answer that. Um, I think in the trailer, it says that it's two years exclusive. Can't come to other consoles. It'll be on PC. So if you judge it on that, two years, it's a long time. It might as well just be a full exclusive at that point. But sometimes you don't know because Final Fantasy VII Remake was supposed to be a one-year exclusive. And we're supposed to hear about it coming to Xbox this year, but we don't know yet. We know that you know Final Fantasy VII Remake is coming to PS5 in June. Um, are, is, is the announcements just going to happen a couple months from now? Or is, is, did they extend the exclusivity? We don't know yet. And Forspoken could be the same thing, same way. So as of now, judging from Sony's own trailers, it's a two-year timed exclusive. But when those, if those, when those two years are up, who knows if they decide to put it on Xbox? That's that's the problem with that. Uh, let's see what else we got. Um, Humdrug says Special Ed said Street Fighter Six is multiplat. His credibility will be even more shoddy. Well, I'm I just said like my first thought when Evo was purchased by Sony was that like, huh. I wonder if they're considering buying exclusivity for Street Fighter Six. Um, I don't know. Did, did Ed really say it'd be multiplat? I think he said that like a year ago. Yeah, I think I think there was some evidence that it was based on the big Capcom leak. There was like a big. <laughs> There's a big Capcom a big leak. leak. Yeah, yeah. There was that like a was load multi-plat. of documents. Yeah, but anything can change between then and now. So. Um, especially for Street Fighter, I wouldn't be so sure until you know you get hard confirmation on that. Yeah, but that, that you know, only seen what Microsoft's doing, and they want to spend the money to 
you well, know, getting that through. Microsoft is spending money like crazy for Game Pass, and I'm sure Sony Sony's probably doing the exact same. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I wouldn't say that is a you know uh, a nick against Ed because even the leak said it was going to be multi-plat. This is sometimes stuff change changes. Um, Nick see. against Ed? Aren't they the same person? Nick and Ed. Well, Ed, special Ed, Nick, whatever. They're the same person. You know, does, it, does he have like two alter ego personalities? No, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, Kay wants to know if I'm a Wheel of Time fan. Yes, that's why I'm named Randall Thor 19. I love the Wheel of Time. Uh, Soil Clean. You, you explained to me what that was on one show. Uh-huh. And I think I was so bored that I forgot already. Shut up. You're so mean. It's like, it's got dragons in it, right? Yeah, it's got yeah, it's got dragons in it. You'd love it. Salad Kleenex says, Jez, when am I getting Persona on Xbox? Uh, don't know. Soon, don't know, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Soon. Uh, uh, <clears throat> Red Cloud Gamer says, I feel like Microsoft should find a way to make Quest Two work with Xbox, just to make sure they don't miss out on any games that are VR focused from the PSVR. I think there's clearly a lot of interest in VR from the hardcore community and also like the fact that Sony's pushing really hard on it. They announced uh, the new controllers recently, which look pretty damn high tech, you know. Um, They look really interesting, uh, you know, and Sony's proven itself to be investing heavily in uh, controller tech and peripherals and stuff like that. And, you know, PSVR is a cool platform. It's bringing VR to more people in a way that, you know, the HTC Vive certainly isn't at a thousand dollars or however much it costs. I can't believe how much it costs to be to get into VR unless you want to be in the Facebook's ecosystem. It's it's absurd. If you don't want to if you don't want to make a Facebook account for VR, you basically have to pay a thousand dollars for the HTC Vive, which is like Ridiculous. just something I don't want to do. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. But Sony's bringing that affordability, which is cool and definitely needs to drive more interest in the platform. But I just don't think Microsoft sees any interest in it. Yeah, Michael says the issue is still persistent even after uploading some of my 360 saves to the cloud. Have to call customer service, I suppose. Yeah, that we'll see. Weird. We'll see if you get an answer from them. Um, Jigoro Mbusku says, Rand and Jez, what's your gamer snack while gaming on Xbox? Or in Jez's case, World of Warcraft on Windows 10 and Pokemon. Rand is a secret Pokemon. Uh, believe me, I'm not a secret Pokemon. Not at all. Uh, Jez, do you have a gamer snack you like to munch on while playing? Well, actually, I've been hardcore dieting the last month mm. or so. So my snack right now would probably be an apple. So what, 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 um, what was used to be your snack while gaming? Uh, hmm. Snack while gaming. Well, in the UK, we have these sort of, I don't know what you call them, chips in America called uh, mini cheddars, which are kind of like, they're like little, little crackers that are kind of taste like cheddar cheese. So I really like mini cheddars. And I also like Twiglets, which you also don't have in America, which are a Marmite based sort of, <laughs> I don't even know how to describe Twiglets. They're literally just thick. They're they're called twiglets because they look like little twigs off a tree and they taste like momai, which you don't have in America. And it's a flavor I simply cannot describe. So yeah, two things that you've never heard of basically are my snacks. What are your snacks? Right? I actually don't snack when I game. Oh. I, I never have. I don't know. I, I never actually snack when, I mean, I, I drink, you know, I have like, 
I've right now I'm drinking Gatorade Zero because they ran out of Propel at Amazon. So I'll you know I'll drink while 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 I uh, I game, but no, I don't actually snack. I never have. I don't what know about Mountain Dew. Mm, I don't drink pop anymore. What about Doritos? I don't like. I'm saying I don't. I don't. I don't eat while I game. If I do snack, Ryan, it's, it's when I watch. Real Xbox one if you don't eat. I know. If I don't eat Mountain Dew and Doritos, I know. I'm sorry. Um. So I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't eat or I don't. I don't eat while I game. I I do snack when I watch like Netflix or movies and stuff. But yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't really do that when I when I game. Um. Humdrug wants to know what previous first party games do you think we'll see at E3. I think the ones that are set for 2022, I'll think we'll see again. So Everwild, Forza Motorsport, Hellblade, Wolfenstein. No, don't be so sure about Everwild now. Oh boy, 2023. Okay. I just think I just think it might be too early. Too early. Um, they they re- they debuted it like, XO twenty nineteen. What do you mean too early? Um, I don't know. I just got I just got a feeling it might be too early for that one. All right. Well, apparently uh, um, it's too early. State of Decay though, maybe. No, State of Decay is too early. I I think <laughs> I think they'll show whatever. I love the two earliest. I, I think it's they're just going to focus on games that are coming out in 2022. Maybe some newer announcements, but uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I don't know. So um, let's see. Anything else here? I think I, I think I got all the questions for the show. I know people probably don't want us to leave, but it is getting uh, a little bit later. So mm-hmm. what do you think, Jez? Time to end the show? We answered some questions. Sure, uh, it was a really long show, so... Uh, yeah, if you guys enjoyed the show, make sure you hit the like button. Subscribe if it's your first time here. Hit the notification bell. Follow me and Jez on Twitter. All that good stuff. We appreciate everybody who tuned in uh, to the podcast. We had over 1,500 people. Make sure you hit the like button. Uh, Jez, you got anything to say before we get out of here? Nah, man. Just, um, you know, I do want to give Miles a shout out on the Windows Central Gaming YouTube channel. If you guys like um, my content, you know, I'd really appreciate the support on Windows Central Gaming YouTube channel too. Miles does a great job trying to grow that channel. We're trying to grow it from scratch. It's really hard to grow a YouTube channel. And a lot of you support us already. And I really appreciate that. But if anyone else wants to support, I'd really appreciate it. He did a video about the Xbox wireless headset recently, which is super good. And you should check it out. Um, other than that, uh, yeah. Thanks. Again, yeah, we got one last super chat that came in towards the end. Square is testing how profitable Game Pass will be for them, and if it's a good uh, if it's good for Outriders, they'll throw Final Fantasy VII in there potentially, or Sony could just bought another year of exclusivity. You never know how those deals go. So, <laughs> yeah. and Ascent wants to know what's my biggest game I'm looking forward to: Halo Infinite. Like nothing else this year. Like Halo Infinite. Well, maybe God of War. If God of War came out this year, but even still, Halo would be above God of War for me. So. Um, oh, Ran, there is a bit of news that we didn't cover. Whoa, what? Okay, what? What? What is it? Um, Microsoft has got a new hire. Who? Uh, let's have a quick look. Man, this podcast just never ending. I think it really is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, blah 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 blah. Microsoft has a new hire. Microsoft's gaming business now has Marcus Waltenberg, who is now the director of Xbox global partnerships um he previously worked for 20th century fox and netflix hmm. 
And uh, this is what he wrote on LinkedIn. After a fantastic five-year journey with countless stunning colleagues at Netflix, I'm thrilled to share that I'm joining Team Xbox to lead the Global Partnerships Group. Cannot wait to learn more from the teams behind the iconic Xbox brand, products, services, and games. So many amazing games. I look forward to doing great things at such an exciting time of change, growth, and new opportunities in the world of gaming. So there you go. Another Netflix. Uh, another Netflix guy. Wasn't wasn't Sarah Bond in charge of partnerships, or is this different? Like global partnerships versus like you know what I mean? Or like Damon Baker, what, isn't he in charge? Of, oh, he's in charge of like third-party portfolio or something. There's so many titles at Xbox that it's hard to really know. I think what the point is, is that the operation's grown so big that they need so many people directing that, different parts of it. That is true. So, yeah. And I think the, the fact that it's Netflix also as well is continu- continuously interesting. I mean, they talk about Game Pass as the Netflix of gaming, so I mean, it makes sense, you know, for yeah. for that type of stuff. But it's something interesting to end the show on. So thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you enjoy your weekend, and uh, we'll be back next week. Hopefully, keep the Friday streak intact. And uh, with that, we're out of here. So uh, have a good one, guys, and 